0: Beep. <phone rings>
1: Right then. Hello, and bienvenue, konnichiwa, ni hao, jambo, marhaba. It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again. Episode 264 on Sunday, the 8th of January, 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, I'm Phil. I'm Ben. I'm Matt. And uh, we're very happy to be joined by <laughs> Jahan Sator tonight. How are you doing, Jahan? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolute pleasure. I've been looking forward to this because... Um, we've not really done any sort of podcasts on like hardcore psychology, have we? We've done a lot of podcasts where it's sort of tangentially brought up Mm -hmm. because they're sort of linked to other subjects we talk about. Uh, And when you were saying that a lot of your research and what you do helping people is to do with the subconscious mind, that really interests me because this seems to be like a really sort of mysterious area of our psyche that we don't really know a great deal about or at least we're not we're not conscious of it during during our everyday lives so um I've been looking forward to this um why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and sort of how you ended up here with your own website doing this coaching and and uh all this research that's backing up what you're doing
2: how do you get here <laughs> how do I keep that story short is the bigger question so I was a musician. I still make music, but I don't really identify with that label. And uh, you're talking, see, I'm 35 now. You're talking 15 years ago. I was doing really well. And uh, an incident happened when I was 17, again when I was 19, and again at 23, then again at 25, which was basically the same thing. Every time I would get successful and get close to being signed to a record label or something like that. I'd run into somebody that was pretty shady and frozen. Oh, oh, no. And uh, do weird sexual things in exchange for. Whoa, whoa, sorry. <laughs> sorry, like hands. Hands. <laughs> like in <laughs> meetings. our meetings.
1: Just stop yeah. there. You, you froze just before you started talking about something sexual. Mm. So we missed what it. it. Just yeah, re- rewind like 20 seconds. You were just yeah, sort of I, getting every time you were sort of getting close to
2: getting signed. Yeah, every time I was getting close to getting signed, I'd get invited to like meetings with AR people and they just want to get you into weird compromising positions. Maybe it was the S word that triggered that because it was like your internet connection's <laughs> unstable. I'm like, yeah, I I believe it. Um so it you know, that's the kind of stuff that you hear and people think that's conspiracy theory. But what it did was it really sent me into depression because I was already dealing with a lot of things. Like my dad is what we call a textbook narcissist these days. Back then you didn't have a name for it. Your family just kinda of gaslit you naturally because you'd be like, XYZ is happening at home and they'd be like, Oh no, not him. You know, he's the sweetest guy, you know? And um that that kind of stuff is what really kept me in a state of emotional unwellness. And it didn't help that by the time I was Uh, 17, I started drinking, started doing heavier drugs around 18, 19. And it was just my way of numbing everything and not having to deal with the thoughts that were going through my head and, you know, having to deal with how ignorant other people seem to be and not having to deal with the fact that when I wanted help, nobody would help me. And it was a very helpless place to be in. And I didn't want to sign away my life. I didn't want to do compromising things just for fame. All I wanted to do was play music for people because I I felt like that added value to their life somehow. And um, I guess going through that phase was one of the best things that happened to me. Because I actually tried to commit suicide about three times. And I kept coming back. And the third time I actually said out loud, Jesus Christ, I can't even kill myself, right? Like, that was the mindset that I was in. Like, nothing I ever did was good enough. I couldn't even kill myself, right? When I actually had that experience, I felt something inside of me change a little bit. Cause I, I you could probably say it was a feeling that maybe I need to take self responsibility or what, whatever you want to say it is. People could try to, Ascribe all kinds of different things to that, but I just knew that something changed when I said that. And I began to very quickly try to get my life together. And shortly after that, um, I ended up traveling to Nashville to study the music industry and just give it one more shot because I figured surely something like that is gonna be an isolated incident. Like I talked myself down on it a lot it was like surely this isn't just happening all the time because that's the way it is you know then when I got to Nashville I realized yeah that's the way it is it's very strange it's a very strange industry to be in and if you want to reach a certain level you're always going to hit up against that threshold you know you can try to become an independent artist and have all the success that you want in the world but eventually when you get to a certain income bracket you get to a certain skill level and you want more things better distribution things like that you're gonna get faced with that kind of opposition right it's hard for a lot of people to hear because they don't want to believe it you know there's a lot of people that are just they're good people they don't want to um, get involved in all that they just want to play their music and be happy and um, I guess some of us end up in that situation a lot easier than us oh, is the best way I can, can put it. You know, because I, I have friends and stuff. They still do music. They're, they're still successful, but there's a lot of stuff they don't tell me. They can't tell me because they know what I talk about and it's uncomfortable for them to talk about it. And it, I can tell there's a kind of like a level of shame and stuff behind that. So once I realized that that was the way things were set up, I just didn't want any part of it because I started out anyway, wanting to help people with my gifts and talents. That was what it was about for me. And I got tired of dealing with the massive number of egotists that are musicians. Like they see themselves in very unrealistic ways. It's like whatever persona you have to have for the stage, let that be all there is. But there's a lot of people that can't separate those two things. Like they are that guy, you know, they get a really big, ego boost from having people clap and dance around and do things like that. And that's, that was never me. You know, I just, I love the interaction with the people, especially afterwards when people would be like, Oh, you know, this was so good. This thing that you did was so good. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, did it make you happy? And they'd be like, yeah, because for a lot of people, that's the only joy that they have in their lives, you know? And I, I knew what kind of power I had. So I kind of went through a personal transformation where all kinds of things started showing up for me, all kinds of books, information, and people would show up to help me. And um, I guess it led to me being at a gig one night somewhere in the middle of Pennsylvania and this really tall guy, with like blue eyes, blonde hair pops up out of nowhere and he taps me on the shoulder and he's like, "I notice you have a tremendous affinity for leadership because what I was doing was really just bossing people around like you set up over here, you plug in over here like I'm I've always been the guy that's been picked out of the lot to kind of handle things in, in that kind of way, you know like you, the manager, so to speak of things I was just talking to the sound guy, this guy pulls up. He says what he says to me. I'm like, hey, hold on one sec. I turn to talk to the sound guy and I turn around to say, hey, you want to tell me about what you're talking about? And he just disappeared. And I thought that was so freaking weird that I just went home and he asked me if I ever heard of coaching. and I was like, no, what's that? You know, and that's when I went home and I punched it up and the typical stuff came up like uh, Tony Robbins and personal uh trainers and things like that and I was like I don't want to make anybody do push-ups like I don't want to bark at anybody and tell them you know unleash the badass within or anything like that I'm not really into that but then as as I researched it more I realized that that's not what it was about I realized it was kind of like an offshoot of psychotherapy in a way and you could kind of say other things so I went and I got certified in that and turns out that was a scam so I was like, I don't want to give up on this because I've realized anyway that I'd always been a helper of people. And, um, I realized that I, I was qualified by life at the very least to help people because I'd been through so much and I would worked my way out of so much depression and anxiety and things like that. So I understand what it's like to be in a really dark place. I just not want to be alive anymore, you know? So that's how I got here. And, um, you can ask me more questions about that. Yeah, I can do. Yeah, well, I
1: just I'm just letting you. I just like listening to your talk, basically. You know?
3: No, yeah, I thought that was uh, just really interesting to to hear. To be honest with you, um, I suppose. <clears throat> so, do you think that that your kind of your childhood set you you up in a way to? Um, I don't know, develop in, in a certain way that made you kind of um, deal with things, um, either it, positively or negatively, would you
2: say? For sure. I had a real hard start and I know that there's people out there that have had harder starts, but, you know, I came into this lifetime very ill. I always had asthma as a child, uh, a weak immune system as a result of the the medication and stuff that I was taking, of course. So, Um, That didn't really work out so great for me. But there were so many times that I I was so ill that I almost died, to keep it short. And I remember distinctly during those times having what people would consider spiritual experiences. You know, everybody's on the near-death experience train these days. And I've had so many of those. Even when I tried to commit suicide, I had one of those. And for sure, each time those things changed me. And I felt like at six years old, I remember having a distinct feeling of being different from other people, you know, not you know, better than them or anything, but just more aware of other people's actions and their words and emotions and how my emotions made me feel and things like that. And it, I, I felt like I was a hundred years old as a little kid compared to other people. So I think dealing with my dad who was narcissistic and an alcoholic and then my sister is also very much like him, minus the alcohol. And uh, she would do all kinds of things to try to destroy me and destroy my my mom and things like that. You know, she when she couldn't get her way, she'd just have a full on freak out. And um, I think dealing with all of that and all the other things in between that were pretty hard it was a a good training ground for this, you know? And like I said, I've always been a helper of people because no matter what was happening in my life, I'd always be the kid that would bring home uh, hundreds of people from school. It would be a, a revolving door of guests to my house and they were always welcome. And they all I felt like they all had problems that were bigger than mine. And then if I could help them, I could somehow help myself, so... So, yeah, it's the same thing.
1: What you were describing there about being aware of people's emotions and stuff, that reminds me of a phrase called emotional intelligence. I don't know if it's a, if if I'm saying it right, does that ring a bell with you? Is it Mm -hmm. something that varies between people?
2: Yeah. I think that some people are more empathetic than others and they have a good sense of other people's um, emotional environments i would say you know their moods and you know we can tell you can look at somebody and tell they've got a million things going wrong in their life you know
1: yeah it's an interesting sort of uh uh it's like a, a, a superhero uh talent what do they call it a superhero uh attribute to be a sort of hyper aware of people's emotional state and it's not something you know that i consider i don't even think about it I don't walk into a room and look at the people in the room and think and sort of get that vibe. Because we're so so lost, aren't we, with what's going on in our own head that we don't often take account of of even notice sort of where other people in our circles might be, what kind of place, emotional state they might be in.
2: Yeah, it's true. And uh, I think um, there are several ways you could kind of quantify that or describe it. But my favorite way is to reference what's called a Jahari window. So it's J O H A R I. If anybody that wants to look it up, it's basically, everybody has emotional blind spots, but there's things about yourself that you know, that you present to the world and other people can see about you. There's things about yourself that you know, that other people are never going to see that you keep for yourself. There's things about people that you don't know about yourself that other people can see. There's other things about you, you know, that other people can see, but they don't really know what it is. So there's all these different uh, things that are like facades that we put on and ways that we interact with people and we have these emotional blind spots. And so you only get emotional intelligence by building on that, by doing the, the inner work and, and being able to relate to yourself and observe yourself much better. And uh, that's how you cultivate compassion and empathy and those kinds of things. And that's also how you know when to chop somebody's head off. Like you have good, good emotional intelligence. You have a high EQ, so you know when to act and when to react and and when to respond and when just to say nothing, you know?
1: Yeah, it's being able to read the situation, isn't it? So um,
2: yeah.
3: sorry, I was going to say. So you're kind of saying that that's a uh, a skill that you can develop, then essentially.
2: Yeah, it's a form of intelligence. The same way some people are really good at math, and some people are really good at music. Some people are more emotionally intelligent than others. It's an intuitive part of your your faculty. It's uh, it's something that we're hardwired to do. But we're surrounded in a sea of electromagnetic frequencies. We're surrounded by bad food, bad water, all these different things that turn our consciousness level down. It's like a a knob. And so a lot of people are in their limbic system, which is being activated and triggered by all the things outside of us. And that can lower the emotional intelligence. And that goes along with how aware a person is of how aware they are, if that makes sense. (laughs)
3: Yeah. So I think when Phil was kind of, um, explained to me that you were coming on something that I'm interested in sort of learning more about is definitely the subconscious and the role that it plays in, in our lives, simply because, um, we're not aware of it necessarily. Um, so, and I can see, you know, your title there, self-sabotage. So do you, one half of it, I should say, um, Do you feel that our unconscious then plays a role in that sabotage, essentially?
2: Absolutely. Um, So the subconscious mind is a hard drive and it just stores a bunch of information, but it also is receiving information from the field of intelligence around us and it's trying to rapidly make decisions for us so the mind is doing like 11 trillion tasks per second and we are not really consciously aware of any of that and um 95 percent of our thinking is subconscious (laughs) so it doesn't matter how aware we think we are there's always going to be 95 percent of things going on in our brain that we aren't really aware of at all Mm -hmm. and so it organizes itself into behavioral patterns in the form of what we call subconscious programs. So if you think of a program as Grand Theft Auto 5, if you click on that on your desktop, it's going to run, you know, the Rockstar Games Launcher and it's going to come up on your screen and you're going to hit play on that. Well, the subconscious mind is doing that for you all day long. It's the reason you don't have to tell yourself to get up and walk You just do it without thinking about it, you know, and other things in our life are like that. So when people self-sabotage, it's because they've learned to do something as a reaction. And it's like the subconscious is picking up so much information from everything going on around us because it's scanning devices as well that we pick up things that are very unskillful. And it happens um, in our... Day-to-day development, like from age zero to six years old, we're picking up the things that are happening in our environment, around us in the community, family system, things like that, because we are extremely concerned with survival at that time. And then from six to 14, when we go to school and we're getting friends and things like that, what we're doing in that young phase is trying to work out the programming, what works, what doesn't work, what gets me a reward, what makes me feel safe, because the subconscious mind is primarily concerned with safety, especially within the context of the herd. And whatever is seen repetitively, it also does that. It only takes about two or three repetitions of something for the subconscious to take that on board and think that it's a fact, right? So from 14 to 21, then we're just working out any previous programming that um we had that we didn't work out before and usually by the time we're 35 we're a hardwired set of programs that then become very hard to change so um the way that i guess the way that things work out for us isn't always to our advantage when it comes to the subconscious and it means well it's actually it's not against you at all it's just that it's very easily hacked so (laughs) um you know, we carry, we carry all of these different things with us that don't belong to us, essentially. Mm. And there's a, a very interesting thing about karma that people tend to think that because somebody did you wrong, that they're going to get karma, you know, God's going to cut them down or something like that, you know, and that's not really how it works. Karma is more like your emotional state, your unresolved emotions, your unresolved subconscious uh, faculties, your programs. That's all what's creating your reality for you. So when people say dumb shit on the internet, like, oh, your thoughts create your reality, it's more than just that, you know. The subconscious mind is a perception database. So it's your perceptions of the world that really cause you to act in a way to create the things that you experience. That makes sense. So does it work kind of like a
1: filter then? Because the way I've heard it explained in different places is that you know, like if you take our senses, like our sight and or, or our smell or whatever, if if the if the brain just let everything in, you'd go insane. Basically, there'd be so I've much information. Yeah. yeah,
2: I've said that a lot. Like the brain actually has to transition into alpha brainwave state at least seven times throughout the day. You know, seven hours throughout the day. I should say. I have to explain brainwave states. Yeah,
3: that's something that I don't really know yeah. a lot
2: about. A brainwave state is like, right now we're all in beta because we're having a conversation with each other and you're trying to rationalize and make sense of what I'm saying. Alpha is suggestibility, deep relaxation. Then you have theta, which is a realm beyond that. It, it takes you closer to sleep, but it also makes you very uh, programmable as well as the alpha state and delta is when you're sleeping. So does does hypnosis work into th- those brain states? Yeah, hypnosis works. We try to keep our hypnotherapy clients in alpha brainwave state because if you take them too far past theta, they'll go into delta, they'll fall asleep. And that's not inherently bad because when you're sleeping, your subconscious mind is taking in suggestions at a rapid pace as well. Like If you fall asleep in front of the TV, you're screwed. I remember those tapes about uh,
1: giving up smoking. You listen to them before you go to bed and things like mm. that.
3: Did you listen to those? Yes, no.
1: because you're transitioning.
2: <laughs> yeah, when you're falling off to sleep at night, you're transitioning out of beta in, and you're just going down through levels. So you're going into alpha, theta, delta. And you. I guess if you wanted to simplify that even more in terms of a brainwave state, it's like a speed at which the brain works, if oh. that makes sense. So it's usually CPS, cycles per second, right? right so-, so it's... So the yeah. different
1: brain waves are different frequencies, essentially. Right. So beta would be the highest frequency, would it? And then the you go into lower, lower frequency bands as you drift down. To sleep. yeah,
2: it's the most. Yeah, it's the most common, commonly used. Beta is the most commonly used. But then there's also things like gamma and stuff like that. Right, what did they use for what? MK Ultra? <laughs> <laughs> what did they use for MK Ultra? Ah, man, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole because that'll get you banned. Okay. So oh, I interrupted yeah. you to
1: explain about brainwaves. I think we're going to explain about the filter of the subconscious.
2: Yeah. So you said it's like a filter. Essentially it, it is like a filter. It's a scanning device where filtering comes into play is what we call cognitive distortions because as I said, the mind is doing eleven trillion tasks per second now and and the point you were making is that you heard that people say that uh it's too much for the brain, so you have to transition into alpha to make sense of everything that's going on in the environment in and around you, otherwise, as, as I like to say, you'd be having a series of mini strokes, you'd be like, oh, all day long, right So that's not really good for you, and we have to go into those states. So people tend to say things like, I can't be hypnotized when that's completely true. You literally hypnotize yourself all day long. Like, let's say you're waiting on a package from, I don't know, Amazon, you ordered something and you know, it's going to come today at a particular time, that state of expectancy that you're in, cause you're waiting for your doorbell to ring. That's hypnosis. There's lots of different ways that you can just go into hypnosis like that, you know, even when people watch the replay and they're staring at the screen and they start to pay attention to what I'm saying, they're going to go into a state of hypnosis. When you are focusing on reading a book, you can fall into a state of hypnosis very easily. So there, you know, it, the, I think the better question is what is not hypnosis and what isn't changing your brainwave states? Everything is, you know, right. so anytime you are consciously focusing on something you are staying closer to beta. But apart from that, you're pretty much screwed. Like everything's changing your brainwave state and taking you into a very sensitive level. And the cognitive distortion part, just to cycle back to that, is the brain actually has to delete information and distort it so that it can kind of get the gist of the story each time. And so we miss a lot of information consciously that way. And the brain just kind of makes up these stories. And sometimes it's, you know, we think something happened and it really didn't. Or something happened at a greater magnitude than we thought it did because maybe you were in an accident or something. And to protect you from the majority of the trauma to the the brain and the emotional system, the limbic system, uh, a part of your brain shuts off. And, you know, you won't be able to talk, you won't be able to think. It's to kind of put you in a shell, a protective shell, you know. It
1: kind of so, reminds me of this experiment I've seen. and um, It's about a, the gorilla. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, a fa- there's a famous video and, and people have shown this video of, I think it's a bunch of kids in a playground playing basketball or something, mm-hmm. they're throwing balls around and they, they play the video for the observers, say there's half a dozen observers. And then uh, the video ends, and the guy running the experiment says, um, "Did you notice anything unusual?" You something.
4: ask him to count the number of passes or the number of times the ball is bounced.
1: Right. So they get them to focus on something, and, and then yeah. when they pl- and then he says, "Well, did you not notice the gorilla?" And he plays the video back. and halfway through this game, a guy in a gorilla suit just wanders onto the field and starts m- messing about, it's just dancing mm.
4: in front of the camera,
1: and <laughs> no one catches it the
2: first time.
1: Because they're so mm-hmm. sort of focused on the the task. Because yep. when yeah. we are, we're task
2: oriented, aren't we? Yeah, when you narrow your focus like that, it induces that state of hypnosis. So you're gonna you're gonna miss all the other stuff, and that's you know that's why we have TV. Well, that's one of the main purposes of TV.
4: That's the problem. Every time I watch TV now, I'm waiting for a bloody gorilla to come on.
2: Yeah, this is where <laughs> this is where I want to get to.
1: So how does? Well, I mean, we see how easy it is that. Uh, information can be displayed to you that you completely missed with the guerrilla experiment. So how is this used in the realm of TV?
2: Oh, television has always just been about that. Um, Even before the physical box that we call television was um, circulated and in heavy use, I think it was 1923, there was experiments that were done on telepathy by the BBC, uh, you know, and the, um, I think it's the Zenith Broadcasting Corporation. And I think it, we're all old enough to remember Zenith television sets and stuff like that. And um, they did all these different experiments to see if they could broadcast information into people's minds before that. So they were doing stuff like that before TV was in every house. So can you imagine after the kinds of things that are happening with the problem with the television or any screen, like a, even a laptop or a mobile phone screen, is that when you look at it for more than thirty seconds, the prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of your brain right here, deactivates, and it becomes nothing but straight input into the back of your brain. So you cannot accept or reject something, even if you disagree. It's all in input going in just so if you just simplify things in terms of input and output well then the output becomes an action that you take because you have a certain set of information that was put directly into your brain and i wouldn't use the words without your consent but a lot of that is somewhat without your consent even though you consent to watching tv it's like you know it's like when you watch a music video and let's say it's a sexy lady and she's doing a dance and she's singing and stuff like that. You're hardly able to pick up on everything that's happening because there's changes in uh, this, the flicker rate. There's things happening in the background and you're going to be focused on what she's doing. So it's kind of like the gorilla thing. So everything that's in the background of that is going directly in as input because the subconscious mind understands that the subconscious thinks in terms of images and, you know, sounds and things like that, and symbols and things like that. Are you going to say something like that.
3: I No, I was just going to say, yeah, it makes me think, you know, when I'm watching telly or, you know, when my children are watching uh, the tablets or whatever, there's a, uh, well, for me, I don't know about them, how much they think, to be honest with you. Um, but for me, you know, there's a, a certain point when you start watching something on television and, and then I might lose myself in it for a certain point and then i might come back out and then lose myself so i was just wondering you know if that related at all to brain waves or is that like the the transition between sort of what you're saying so was it beta that we're in now did you say
2: yeah so you transition out of beta into alpha right. brainwave state when you watch the tv it deactivates <gasps> this part of the, the brain the prefrontal cortex and that's relevant because the prefrontal cortex is responsible for spirituality, morality, future thinking, and critical analysis. Yeah. So it deactivates all the parts of the brain that you actually really need to be a functioning person, right? Oh, the and it's not a coincidence, is. you know? It's not a coincidence, you know? I remember growing up and hearing the TV is gonna rot your brain. <laughs> yes. It's, it's very true because it does. There have been, last time I checked, there's been. Over 15,000 studies performed by both independent organizations, the people who make the TV to make it better to sell you things via the TV, the psychologists, neuroscientists, everything to figure out what exactly is the impact on the TV. And I mean, the votes are in, it's unanimous. It degrades the function of your brain rapidly just 2 hours of tv every day is going to monumentally screw up your brain. You can end up with depression, you can be anxious and not understand why. You can have Alzheimer's, dementia, all kinds of things can happen to you as a result of prolonged tv watching. And in kids it's even worse because the kids have they have to take in a bunch of information from the environment and they actually just need interactive learning in order to pick up all those things but what happens with the tv is that if it's doing that to the adult brain can you imagine what it's doing to a child's brain it's degrading what's called myelin sheaths which are responsible for i guess keeping the brain protected during certain things and it's a lot to do with the intellect and analyzing information and things like that so if you've ever seen somebody and you've been like whoa that person's a complete mouth breather and their mouth is just open like this, yeah. I get and that they're all just, the time. you know, they're just going about certain things. Like, but you've ever seen it? It's like bad. Like they're dumb. Like they don't know what's going on. They don't. They don't know their ass from their elbow. It's a good chance that person is a big TV watcher, you know. And they it probably started early in childhood. If you put a baby in front of a TV, it's gonna take like twenty seconds before that kid's just. You're talking, talking about drop, Donald Trump, drops, right? Yeah. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe i am maybe i am no politics or religion ben
4: sorry
2: i'm back I'm to <laughs> tv from Charlie and chocolate
3: yeah i know yeah
2: so it, it's um it's a really strange phenomenon that's all that's all i can tell you it is the weirdest thing that exists in my opinion how come because sorry go on Oh no! I was gonna say that. I was gonna say in detail that there's parts of the brain that are destroyed. So it it destroys the frontal lobe, which is the same place, the prefrontal cortex. So it it completely screws that up. And just to recap, that your critical thinking goes out the window. Your
0: future
2: base analysis. Oh got another oh. freeze another oh, the tv
1: gods aren't happy no
2: they don't they the freeze your hand again brain's they, getting degraded and they literally think that oh. truth you think that is did they get me they got you again yeah, <laughs> yeah. the tv gods just, just repeat that last uh, <laughs> 10 seconds again as
3: soon as you started talking about it, it rotting the mind
2: <clears throat> yeah it, it, it's destroying the frontal lobe right here mm-hmm. and so your critical thinking goes out the yeah. window Your future-based analysis goes out the window and that's the reason why so many people are spiritually and morally bankrupt because they are taking their belief systems in from the TV and it's direct input. So they actually think that that's themselves. They think that is their actual self, their spiritual self that is coming to conclusions when it's really just the subconscious mind being programmed by what's behind the screen. And uh, it degrades the brain tissue um, it doesn't even matter how long you watch the TV for; you're gonna get some effect of it on your brain eventually. It's it's almost inescapable because it damages the hypothalamus and the sensory motor area. It damages what's called the septum and the visual cortex. So, it, it all these things kind of lead to like emotional mismanagement. It leads to, I let's let's use feelings of arousal, aggression. Um, so it's not only, it's not only just damaging your eyes and stuff, which would be obvious to people if you're staring at bright lights all the time. Well, it should be, it, I suppose maybe it's not, but the TV in all of those, um, uh, studies that I mentioned before, they have concluded that it actually can be a precursor to things like borderline personality, depression increases by 8%. Um they found that in communities where it's there's heavy TV watching the criminal activity is twenty seven percent more um you know just being inactive and sitting in your seat for two hours a day watching television has been found to increase the risk of diabetes by twenty percent or something like that it's uh three hours of TV increase your Alzheimer's risk by twenty percent wow TV watchers have seven percent smaller brains than non-tv watchers
1: um social anxiety sorry jad does it matter what you watch because you know you could watch i don't know something like a a period drama like the crown or you could be watching a nature documentary or you could be watching a hyper violent you know i don't know what's the series is it the boys is that a violent one yeah. Yeah. yeah so does that does that not have any bearing on on the outcome you know what material you consume. well that's
2: where we get into the programming aspect of things because the themes of the the tv show or the movie or whatever it is the themes of those things determine your subconscious state your emotional state because the you're watching all these different things are happening and you're actually then thrust into the position of the experiencer and not the observer So the mind doesn't know the difference. The subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality and what's on a screen. Wow. So when you're watching, each character has its own role in the show. And the subconscious mind thinks it's in the role of each person. It can move that fast. So when you're watching, you know, I I don't know what any of these shows are that you're talking about. I like to use The Walking Dead because I think that's the phase of uh, humanity that we're in right now. We're in The Walking (laughs) Dead with the, you know what do you call it? The triple dart. So (laughs) There's a lot of people out there that are actually like zombies because all they do is watch TV and they think that their beliefs are their own where they're just taking these things on board rapidly every night all day long. How depends on how often they take this stuff in and it's programming their subconscious mind based on the emotions that they feel based on the fact that the subconscious really just can't tell the difference between being uh you know, an anime villain or being a hero like Superman or whatever it can't tell the difference. So we begin to act those things out in our life on a subconscious level. Something happens, it matches up to what has been witnessed, and the same way that the limbic system acted when you were watching that TV show, it acts in the moment in your real life because the limbic system is just kind of like a part of the brain that learns, how you felt about something, and then you react. So the word react literally means act in a way that you have before. So even if you haven't done it, subconsciously you've done it. And so we, ha- we self-sabotage then by creating tough moments in our relationships. We push people away or we get angry because we're reacting to something that we've already done, we've already experienced. And so it makes it even harder with the TV talking in your head for you because we already have a whole lifetime of experiences that are hardwired into our biology based on our emotional experiences that we're picking up from the environment, you know?
3: I was just wondering then, is there a difference between um, watching a television show and reading a book, for example?
2: Reading a book, there's a likelihood that you're not going to be as emotionally involved. But if it's like a fantasy novel or something like that, you know, how chicks read those weird books, uh, Danielle Steele and uh, strange shit like that. And they're all involved in the romantic premise of it. Women go on to create those relationships in their lives because that feeling of fantasy is hardwiring the limbic system to act in a particular way. It's very algorithmic. If this, then that. And the subconscious mind goes, oh, I've experienced that two or three different times or more the character in this storyline was safe doing that i felt safe doing that because i kind of went oh that's cute or whatever it is and so that we take that on board and then you know that's how it goes so is then
3: so the next question i've got then after that is so is there a difference between sort of reading a novel as compared to reading like a factual book or a history book or um you know something about science or something? i don't know
2: there's a slight difference. I would re- I always recommend people guard their consciousness. There's so much stuff to learn about life that you should want to be doing that anyway. You should want to be reading the science books and the, fi- the nonfiction things, things on spirituality, and use your own intuition because that builds... Like knowledge always builds on knowledge, if that makes sense. And as you go out into the world, you then have the opportunity to apply the things that you learn and say, okay, is that really true? it's about being a lifelong researcher. So there's a huge difference in your emotional state when you're reading a book about science than when you're reading Harry Potter, for example, you know? Mm-hmm. And is the, you know, is the subconscious sort of reading the
1: picture that you make inside your head when you're reading fiction? So if you're reading a Harry Potter book, and, yeah. you know, Hogwarts is described, and they talk about the ceiling that's open to the stars. And all. So you're you're building this sort of mental picture as you're reading it. So is that where the subconscious is getting its cues from.
2: Yeah, the subconscious is getting its cues from how you emotionally respond to your imagination. And the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined either. There have been studies that have shown that visualizing the amount of muscle you want to build and visualizing yourself working out stimulates the same parts of the body as if you were physically lifting weights.
1: I've actually heard this recently. Like if you, instead of going to the gym, if you imagine... Essentially, imagine in your head going to the gym first person, like a first person shooter and go through the routine.
2: You'll build muscle.
4: If you go through the routine and hold some weights at the same time.
2: No, just do it in your head. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually recommended that you visualize your workout. Um, And and that's where you hear people talking about the mind muscle connection, because if you've rehearsed what you're going to do and you're paying as much conscious attention as you can to each rep. You're actually hardwiring that into your body and you're telling your body, this is the outcome I want. Your subconscious mind loves that because for the first time in your life, the subconscious is like, he, he's talking to me. He can hear what I say. I used but to, most people just,
1: you know. I used to do this with music. <laughs> I used to run sets in my head of what I was mm-hmm. going to play. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it helped yeah. because I've no, I've no placebo group that didn't do that sort of thing. But did did you do that as a musician? Did you used to run?
2: Yeah, of course. Solos because I and would stuff? yeah, because I would look at the the high moments in each song, and I would be thinking about how I want people to react. Right. You know what is, and I guess in music it's it's pretty cut and dry. You know what's the key of this song? What are the notes I'm going to be soloing over? The you know if you're familiar with things like this to those listening, there's modes, and mode is just mood. You know. So of B Minor is a mood, you know? So you're going to be trying to match the songs up to whatever mood you want to convey. How do I want to make people feel? Now then, um, talking about um, the subconscious
1: and programming of the TV variety, I mean, other than, I know what you're going to say, stop watching TV, (laughs) but it's difficult for some of, well, we're all family guys, not family guy, but... (laughs) guys with families and so it's uh it's kind of difficult to be in a situation where there is no tv or screen time exposure is there any other tips or tricks we can do to you know even if we are going to be exposed to it that we can use to guard ourselves against the programming
2: that's why i'm a very controversial person because uh, a lot of people just don't want to hear that they want they don't want to give up netflix no they don't want to give up BBC, CNN, whatever it is. They just want to be left alone, drink their beer, watch TV, and forget about life. I totally get that because there's a lot of things about life that suck. And you, know, you just want to relax or whatever. You're The problem is, is that if you want to live your best life and there is an enemy in the mist that can hack your mind and make you do things almost against your Free will, why would you invite that into your life? So the only solution is to not watch as much TV because you can be guaranteed that the themes and stuff that kind of go along with the TV are going to be detrimental it's going to cause you to create things now it's hard when you have kids and the kids are raised in an environment where they're accustomed watching tv and things like that as an adult you might be more easily able to be like "All right, you know what i just learned a whole lot of violent shit about the tv i don't want that in my life anymore but the kids are not going to understand that level you know because they like it and that's where it becomes problematic so i usually tell people don't treat your kids like they're idiots explain to them everything that you learn, because that's the whole point of being a parent. You learn things. Sometimes you have kids. Actually, most of the time you have kids. And you're unprepared for the gravity of the situation. You are not equipped whatsoever for everything that comes along with it. There's a lot of people that always think that they're going to be, I'll be fine, I'll totally nail it as a parent. And then things just happen. And they have no explanation for that. But its I guess it's your responsibility as the parent to share your learning and to explain to them that whatever is happening, whatever change is being made in the environment, it's for the best. And you tell them that there's going to be things that, about this that will seem hard, but it's going to be a lot better. You have to replace a habit with something that's a better habit. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's always going to have to be a conversation and then a replacement for that thing. Dial it back, dial it back by five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, then then you're down one hour lesser each day of TV watching. and you make sure that what is in it is actually doing good for them because we all love our children, well most of us love our children, and we want them to have happy lives. So knowing that what they're exposed to repetitively is going to cause them pain because they're taking in lies, is easy when you talk about it but there's so much stuff that is catered towards just messing up kids and this is usually where i talk about how 40 percent of three month old uh, kids are regular tv watchers and um in america specifically a third of all three-year-olds have a tv in their bedroom wow. first of all Take the damn TV out of the bedroom. Like when you're in your bedroom, you need to sleep. That's all the bedroom is for, right? Well, something else as well. (laughs) When people people have things in their bedroom that are not associated with sleeping in the first place, it messes with their sleep patterns because they learn that when I'm in here, I can do other things other than sleep. So put the TV in place that will actually be useful. Put it in the living room or the TV room if you have one, wherever, but take that out of the bedroom. Um, I think it's kids 6 to 11 spend 30 hours a week watching TV on average. And what's happening with these kids is that they're getting problems learning at school or learning, um, learning deficiencies, let's call them that. They're getting involved in drug and alcohol and tobacco use and uh some kids watch so much tv that they just don't go outside and play with their friends anymore and it makes them get a little bit chubby it makes them you know you're you're just not gonna be functioning well as a kid you need to move around a lot or you're gonna end up with a really shitty immune system you're gonna be unfit it's gonna be hard for you to break that pattern as you move along and kids are picking up so much inappropriate sex stuff from the TV. Um, I think it's the average child would have witnessed 12,000 violent acts including murder and rape um by the end of grade school. So, you know, that's that's not very far into being a teenager at all. By the time they're 18, they've seen 200,000 acts on average. That's not good at all. You know, even if you do, you grow up into a functioning person, you don't act on it, it's still having an impact on your psyche in the long term. Um, uh, what else can I say here? Like advertisers target kids, especially. There's a book called Brand Washed by Martin Lindstrom that I recommend people uh, read because it, he is a top marketer and he explains exactly how people literally use brain scans. To sell you Coca-Cola, to sell you Tide detergent, to sell you Justin Bieber and and Madonna and whoever else is out there. They have the science and they use it every single day. It's in all the lingo that they use at the back of the cereal box. It's in everything. So the subconscious mind is always the target. And marketers know that a child is going to be a future customer. So they want to get that in the brain as early as possible. Like American kids can tell you all about Kentucky Fried Chicken and McDonald's from the time they're four years old. They even pick this up when they're in the womb, believe it or not. So it's it's not like you can escape everything. but you have to educate your children about the gravity of those things, because especially since kids thinking all or nothing thinking, they're thinking like black and white thinking. I'm bad. This is bad. Things like that. So they're more receptive to the conversations than you think a lot of parents get afraid to have that conversation because they don't want to break their kids but let me tell you something the tv and the rest of the world is going to break your kid faster than you can break your kid (laughs) by being honest you know so that's usually what i say to parents and
1: yeah go ahead no, I was gonna. I was just gonna say, like, you've ruined TV for us, Jack. <laughs> I mean, what should we ruin next? Should we ruin music or alcohol or? Where would you like to? Anything else you'd like to? I you know all that stuff is screwed up. All that <laughs> stuff is bad. What about alcohol? You know? What's your thoughts on alcohol? Oh man, um, how how it impacts the subconscious. If it does, I'm guessing it.
2: <clears throat> yeah, it it does. Alcohol is one of the ways that we kind of suppress our consciousness. Um, and I, I know you're drinking a beer right now, so I'm going to be real careful with this. <laughs> hey, we're all grown-ups here. We won't get won't we'll, we'll um, get offended. Well, I think this is stuff that people know anyway, and the people that get angry and they're like, oh, you're the villain now. I don't like you because you took away my Pab's blue ribbon or whatever <laughs> is, you know, they're very immature people in the first place. If you want to drink a beer, drink a freaking beer. But also know that when you drink that one beer it stays in your system for up to 18 hours and it's constantly triggering the limbic system. So if you have bad coping mechanisms, bad programs in your life, the limbic system is going to override all your conscious awareness and you're going to do things in your life that cause you to self-sabotage. That's just the way it works. I wish that wasn't true, but it's, it's different for me and I, I try to be upfront about this as much as possible. I live an extremely clean life. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't go near people who drink or smoke. If, you know, if I'm hanging out with you guys and you're having one beer after two beers, I'm leaving the room because I, I just don't like the overall feeling of being in a room when those things start to happen because alcohol is a very devious uh it's very devious substance. It's socially accepted. And so it's harder for people to, you know, it's kind of like the same thing with caffeine too. It's harder for people to be like, oh, and you know what? This is really bad. Um, I shouldn't be doing it. It's hurting my body. Everybody knows that. They just don't care, right? Why, yeah. why would you care? It feels great, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, alcohol... Is the, is the main
1: issue that it's it's numbing the conscious mind, which then leaves
2: you more susceptible? Is that what's going on? Is it the yeah, alcohol trying, itself? Yeah, I'm trying to to figure out the easiest way to explain this because I feel like alcohol is largely misunderstood as to what it actually is and how it affects the body. We tend to drink a, a beer or drink a, a a rum and coke or something and think you know, we're having a good time. And we're loosening ourselves up all these different things. Right. And that's, that's where it feels good. And so when something feels good, it's hard to change the pattern because behavior is based on a reward that we get. We want to feel a positive reward. So we even Uh do evil things because we get a positive reward for it in the mind. Emotionally, we get to avoid something or, you know, you can go down that route of numbing and avoiding things forever. That just seems to be a typical theme when it comes to dealing with psychology. But there's a lot that happens with people on a metaphysical level as well with alcohol. It diminishes consciousness. It makes it makes our rate of vibration. And this is where I get very woo-woo on things. You know, the, the solid body is just atoms vibrating at a particular speed alcohol slows it down beyond that already slow rate and makes it very heavy so when lighter frequencies which are more joyful more enlightened more happy uh more i guess more states of insight and clarity and things like that it kind of blocks those states from happening and there's a lot of people like well charles bukowski was a he drank like a fish and he wrote great books it was like well You know, back then, water was not clean and safe to drink, so everybody drank alcohol. Everybody was drunk. (laughs) You can't trust a a, a bunch of drunk people. (laughs) You just can't. (laughs) You you wouldn't jump into a car with somebody that just had 20 rums. You wouldn't do that. Not again. Yeah, not again. (laughs) So the problem with the alcohol industry is that it, it owns so much of everything, and there's plenty of people on the payroll who pretty much promote alcohol
1: alcohol having been so see so big big beer big beers jumped in now yeah censoring him again
4: say, his atoms had slowed down too much <laughs> yeah the frequency i <laughs>
1: <laughs> hope Are he's coming back yeah oh you're there hey. sorry you, you got to the, the big beer lobby Just cut you off again yeah
2: Yeah. As soon as I start saying these things, I'm accustomed (laughs) to it, I'm accustomed to it. (laughs) I was saying that there's people on payroll who promote alcohol having benefits, but that's all lies because what they do is like 96% of science is just paid for to have a particular outcome. We've seen that with the three dart finish. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been the same thing for a long time with alcohol, caffeine, dairy, meat, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been the same thing. So So, I was just going to ask them, sorry, to
3: cut you off. We want to say something else.
2: Yeah. I was just going to say that it's, it's the concept, the theme that we're sold is that alcohol is this thing that we can enjoy as a reward. And it's like 740,000 cases of cancer a year are linked to alcohol consumption. And 75% of that is in men. And 100,000 of those 740,000 cases are in people who only had one drink, right? So it it does that much damage to the body. But the problem is that we aren't educated on that level. We're actually just sold the alcohol and said, it's great. You're going to feel great. Your life's going to be great. You're going to pick up chicks, you know, all these things. You know, if you're if you're a girl, it's gonna make you more socially acceptable. It's gonna make you look like a powerful lady. You know, you're gonna look like a boss bitch or whatever. The dumb shit they're saying to these women these days to get them to drink alcohol, and um, it's just damaging your esophagus, your liver. It's giving you breast cancer. Uh, it's messing up your colon. You're getting rectal cancer, pharyngeal and laryngeal cancer. All these things, and so you have all this science that's paid for to have a particular outcome. And you got dumb shit like the USDA guidelines say that adults of legal drinking age should limit their intake to two drinks per day. Now, based on what I just told you before, with those statistics out of that, it's like 41,000 people minimum a year that only drink one drink a day or even one drink a week are still getting impacted in a large way right and the pro one of the problems with beer especially and i'm sorry to disappoint the beer drinkers is that a lot of the hops and stuff is genetically modified so every time you put that to your mouth you're getting you know, even if it's a nice ipa and you think you know where the ingredients come from you don't actually don't have any guarantee that those hops are coming from a non-gmo source right So you're still doing damage to yourself on a cellular level. And it's insane to me still to this day, the amount of, I guess the amount of steps that these people have taken to make sure that they poison you from every angle for absolutely no reason. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. But my main question to people is like, I I don't want anybody to take offense to this, but why would you poison yourself unless you really don't like being alive, you know? Like, putting poison in your body is not a reward. The thing being is, we,
1: alive and- we, don't, we don't think of the long term, we think
2: of the short term. It's the same
1: with smoking, yeah. and I'm a smoker. And it's like, well, I yeah. know this cigarette isn't going to kill me, so i smoke it. We would, you know, I don't think twenty years down the line, and I guess the same goes with most people's attitude for alcohol. It's like, oh well, it's just one drink. One drink's not gonna kill me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like drinking three bottles of vodka and ending up in in A uh, and E, you know.
2: It's cause it's we we're yeah, we too can you short repeat termist. That? Yeah, can you repeat that because it cut you off when you said I know this cigarette and then it just kind yeah. of
1: Yeah, I know this I know if the next cigarette I smoke isn't gonna kill me. That that's part of our our, yeah. our thinking.
2: We're short termist. And we don't yeah, think about a- the long-term
1: repercussions of the habit that you're forming.
2: Yeah, it's the same thing with coffee and alcohol and all that stuff. You know, you don't you don't think about it. But, well, something has to kill us, though. Like, well, life is going to kill you either way, bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing, I'm going to have know? to start brewing my own, I think. Mm. Brew my own yeah. beer, maybe. At least then I'll know where it came from. It's tough for people in the UK, you know. It's tough for people in the UK to hear this stuff because the entire culture is built around drinking, you know. Well, Uh, I'll tell you a short story about that. Um, Alcohol was brought to different tribes as a way of controlling them. North American tribes? Well, a lot of different tribes, actually. It it was like you'd have things like tobacco, alcohol, coffee, coffee berries all those things were brought and given as gifts and you know the tribe would be like oh that's awesome let's let's go drink this homemade beer and get a little turned up and um what would happen is that because they weren't exposed to anything like that before it would catch on immediately and they'd be like this is great and so the settlers would just be hanging around looking at their watches waiting for them to get hooked on alcohol or whatever it is. And then they would say, you guys don't really look to be doing so good. Would you mind if we gave you some help? And so they would gradually just take on more and more responsibility and then take over. You know? And that that's the same strategy that's been used on human beings up until this point. Heard, Here's heard this thing that's going to make
1: you feel really good. Sorry, I was going to say I've had a similar thing with the Aborigines in Australia and that there are yeah. still sort of after effects in that and that they're they're more susceptible to things like alcoholism yeah because of the way it was introduced i guess or maybe it's a genetic thing i don't know it's probably quite controversial to talk about i don't know
2: in this day and age yeah it's it's a thing you're absolutely right about that
1: um we've done over an hour already johan and it's like Mm -hmm. there's so many other things
2: i want you to ruin for us
1: well you can come back i can give you, can you like
2: i can <laughs> i can yeah i can ruin your life for about another 20 minutes or so well we need to uh we're gonna have to wrap up we don't want
1: to take uh too much of your time up i mean where's the best place for for people to follow you i've got links in the show notes and whatnot but i mean is there is there like a best place people can go
2: yeah the best place to go to to get me is uh you can go to instagram for now and then <laughs> you can you can email me directly at jahantwsator at gmail.com. I'll spell that J-E-H-A-N-T-W-S-A-T-T-A-U-R at gmail. Hopefully you know how to spell gmail. Um, I I get a lot of trouble on my website. It's up, then it's down. You know, They don't want me to post some of the things that I put in my articles because I've got a lot of articles about caffeine and alcohol and and things like that you should try tv yeah (laughs) there's stuff about the tv too there's stuff about bogus 19 there's all kinds of stuff on my website in the blog section that gets me banned
1: (laughs) so you've got like a lot of um, free open information on there and then is there a section where you're sort of offering one-to-one services and stuff as well
2: yeah, I don't, really, I don't really push that so much on my website. I can't stand going on a website and they're like, oh, buy this thing from me, you know. I have no desire to do that. Um, if people want help, they're going to ask for help. They always do.
1: Right. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a, a good place to end.
3: I think so too. Yeah. Been, been, very very yeah, been very interesting.
1: Yeah, been very interesting, Jahan. Mm-hmm. And uh, stay on the line for us while we play ourselves out and uh, right. we'll see the rest of you in part two very soon for real okay yeah thanks Jahan. Mm-hmm. catch you on the flip side uh, thank you Right, then we're back limp dick city <laughs> That's our chat with Jahan Sator. If you're watching on video and you just joined us, you just missed a great chat.
4: Inventor yeah. of the Sator Square,
1: I hear. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, you know, That's you heard deep. it here first. That's deep for you, Ben.
4: Well, I'm trying to program some of the listeners. Let me write in and let me know if it's working.
1: Oing, 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 episode 208, Ryan 7. That's <laughs> so what are you doing. That's it. So you yeah. could hear it. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah, so uh, check out the links in the show notes if you want to find out more about Jahan's work. It's interesting stuff. Mm. Maybe you need some help. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an option. Mm. Check it out. The links are there. should always try Focus Chi first. Yeah, yeah, no Focus Chi request this week, I'm no. afraid. What? No, I know. Well, yeah, or, uh, well, we're still recovering from the uh, shutdown we got before Christmas, but more on that in the housekeeping.
3: Right, okay. Awesome. Oh.
1: Yeah, let's move on. Let's do some uh, <clears throat> some headlines. Got a got a bumper crop this <coughs> week, actually. All right, spoilt for choice.
5: Capital letters, a big news story. Headlines of the week. All right, what have we
1: got? First up, what the cluck? <laughs> I ordered a thirty-seven pound KFC bucket on delivery, but twenty-seven pieces of chicken were missing. Holy shit. Their response left me raging. Rage. Wow. Rage quit. Deliveroo. Chicken rage. Happy New Year, Matt. My apocalypse. Happy yes. New Year. Yeah. Yes, a dad ordered a thirty-six pound KFC bucket on Deliveroo for his family, but twenty-seven pieces were missing. How
4: many kids has he got? Mm-hmm. Two that's a lot of
1: chicken. Oh, do you want to see? Do you want to see a family photo? Here yeah, it is. Please, yeah. Look at those. Look oh, at those compo faces. God, uh, yeah. that they are proper compo faces. Yeah, the empty plate. I mean, you would be gutted, Oof. wouldn't you? The dad reminds me of Panhead. <laughs> Don't <laughs> I think, think looks he looks like to... Phil Jupiter. Yeah, a young. Uh, sorry, a a if if Phil Jupiters sort of took Jehan Sator's advice and got off the junk food and the alcohol. I don't know is if he that drinks. you drink. Like? Well, you'd lose weight, wouldn't you? <laughs> All right. that's what I was getting at. <laughs> Full <laughs> Jupiter is not a picture of health.
4: I've not seen him since. Is he uh, alive? Silks, still, oh, He's
1: as still far alive, as I know. Yeah, good, good, glad to hear it. That yeah, they're the compo faces, not happy. Blouses. And uh, the compo, the claim was successful, but we shall get to that. Okay. The thirty-six point ninety-nine matchday party bucket was meant to contain thirty pieces of chicken, a fourteen-piece party bucket, along with eight mini fillets and eight hot wings and a large portion of popcorn chicken. It was also... It's just a lot of fucking chicken Mm -hmm. in it, man. Fuck me. Mm -hmm. It was also meant to come with six portions of fries, a large tub of coleslaw... And a two-litre bottle of pop, I'm sure. A large serving of gravy and a 1.5-litre... Oh, what? Mm. Oh, my God! (laughs) Oh, my God. A 1.5-litre bottle of Pepsi. What turned up on the doorstep after being ordered on Deliveroo, however, was a pitiful sight just 3 bits of chicken and a couple of burnt bits in a bucket. And I hope, I hope that was spelled P I T T
3: A full. P I T T A full.
1: Ah yes. Well, 3 points and a tiny bottle of Tropicana OJ. Aww. Ah. Fuming dad of two Steve Hunt from Norwich had ordered the treat after landing a new job ah. as a well-being coordinator. Oh. It's another go. one of those fucking nonsense jobs that everyone seems to have these days, isn't it? <laughs> What the fuck is a well-being coordinator? I just
4: want to coordinate his well-being. Yeah, We've man. just spoken to one, haven't
1: we? What, for For what, like GlaxoSmithKline? Oh, no. What's, what's the well-being coordinator do? It's a new one on me. I've never heard that job title. I mean, maybe. I'm not in the corporate world. You two must have heard of this job.
3: Maybe. <laughs> why, why tarnish me with the corporate brush? Oh, well,
1: you are. You're in the biggest corporation in the country. I'm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: who who was clapping for me um not three, me three for a start <laughs> guess <laughs> what because i don't watch
5: tv oh
3: i did it on the radio uh, <laughs> uh people were banging their pots yeah. yeah the mouth breathers yeah
1: yeah yeah so go on little well-being we coordinator
3: Listen on. I think he's probably someone who might... That's
4: exactly what it says on the tin.
3: Mel- do stuff around mental health and well-being at work,
4: maybe? I don't uh, know.
3: I don't know.
1: It's yeah. irrelevant.
4: Poor Steve. <coughs> telling me he's irrelevant. He's got no bloody chicken to drown his sorrows.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking this week, the 48-year-old said that despite contacting KFC and Deliveroo, he was told that the festive order had been fulfilled and that he wasn't due a refund or a new order. Blue Monday. He said, i just got a new job and we were celebrating with a KFC. Me, my wife and the boys, Myro, 15, and Sonny, 12. M-Y-R-O. Fake name. Don't deserve chicken. We're starving and our mouths were watering at the prospect of a delivery from the Colonel. Oh, I bet. Mm. When it arrived, my wife, Cyrita shouted from the kitchen asking why I had ordered just for myself. Cyrita. what kind of name's that?
4: My chickenless six. wife's name.
1: Do you think it could she be Eastern European, do you think? Cy Rita? I Don't
3: name. I'd have to pass no. the origin of that name.
1: New one on me. <clears throat> uh when I went through and looked at the bucket, it had three bits of chicken in it, a couple of burnt scraps. I went to open the bag and all that was there was a tiny bottle of OJ, which we hadn't even ordered. No way. Where Free were the juice? <clears throat> where were the other twenty-seven bits of chicken? The popcorn chicken, the fries, the gravy, the coleslaw, the Pepsi. <clears throat> Despite repeatedly calling delivery in KFC, he was told the order had been delivered and accepted and that there was no refund due. Wow. You accepted the order, Mr. Powers Hunt. Um, Yeah, so the family decided to snub KFC and ordered a McDonald's instead. Yeah. Having to fork out another 30 quid. Wow. Steve added, Colonel Sanders has really let us down. He's dead, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ken's Preston, though, didn't he? Yeah, my mum met him. Yeah, my uh, my mum. (coughs)
4: Excuse me.
1: The Colonel personally opened the first KFC in the UK
4: in Mm.
1: Fishergate, Preston. Yeah, Mm. and my mum was an employee; she worked there. Yeah, one of her first jobs was Was she the the well-being coordinator. (laughs) She was the yeah the well-being of chicken coordinator, making sure it is battered correctly and (laughs) fried and all the secret ingredients. Eleven. She still won't tell me what it is, you know, it's, what's in the in the secret herbs and spices. It's Nowadays, it'll just come in a big bag. Oh, yes, yes. Back it's in those believing. days, they would have yeah, made it proper. to order. Proper, proper. Yeah. Um, Colonel Sanders is really letting us down. This has got to be the worst culinary miscarriage of justice of all time.
4: <laughs> that's strong wow.
1: from Steve. The
4: worst culinary miscarriage of all time. Of
1: justice of all time.
4: I mean, we've got to find out what was worse than that for next next episode,
1: I think. Right. That can be your job. Oh, excellent.
4: <laughs> I thought I was a well-being, coordinator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> A spokesman for delivery apologised to Steve and his family, giving them a full refund as well as £50 in credit. Bloody hell. So there you go. All he had to do was write to the sun, Get the photographer around, take a few photos, give a few statements, interview. You got £50 credit? Wow, it was worth it in the end to embarrass himself. A spokesman said, We're sorry to hear that Mr Hunt didn't have a great experience with his order. (laughs) We've now refunded Mr Hunt and apologise for the disappointment. And we would like to wish him all the best in his new job.
3: What's even better is that they actually ate um, 23 pieces of chicken and then took a picture of a bucket with four pieces in it. Oh, wait. Bought an orangina from the shop. Stuck that in, because that's like a curveball, isn't it? Yeah. That gives it a little bit
1: more believability. You smell a conspiracy? Yeah. The great colonel conspiracy. I think so.
4: Mm. So we're going to do that next week. See how what, it goes.
1: Do a deep dive. Or, no, order some chicken, <laughs> eat it. <laughs>
4: <And> then, <laughs> do some compo face.
1: The <laughs> Lancashire Evening Telegraph round. Hey, yeah. it might be good, uh, good
4: um, publicity for podcasts. Podcast, yeah. We were celebrating our 265th episode. <laughs> yeah. With some chicken. Very disappointing.
1: Yeah. You could call it the, the world's. <laughs> <laughs>
4: the worst <laughs>
1: culinary miscarriage of justice of all time. You
4: could. Let's order 40 pieces of chicken and then we can one up
1: them. Yeah. And we might get a 60 quid campo. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, That's, that would that can pay, be your job. <laughs> pay for a lot of web hosting that. 60 quid. 60 quid, yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. to be sniffed at. Right. Let's move on. Hit the road. We found a shocking message spray painted on our road. It's very rude, but we love it. Have you heard about this? No. There's this road. Where is it? I don't know where it is. No, it's not in Ghana. Ancaster. In Ancaster, Lincolnshire, that is riddled with potholes. Right. And uh, some uh, modern-day vigilante <laughs> took it upon himself to go out in the depths of the evening mm. with some spray paint. Mm. When
4: you say potholes, do you mean speed control lumps?
1: Mm. You be the judge. ha. <laughs> Fix me, I'm fucked, that (laughs) one says. Excellent. It's been blurred out, obviously. Barely. Do me
4: again! (laughs) (laughs) Do me again.
1: Gonna run out of paint. He's he's highlighted the pothole there in in white. I'm bored now. He's running out of paint. Oh, I think I skipped one. Oh, no, I'm bored now. Yeah.
4: I've seen people who have drawn daubed like a gentleman's part. Around a uh, well, yeah, that's the pothole. Yeah,
3: I I thought the potholes would be the testicles, and you would spray paint phallus. Yeah.
4: They're so fucked now. I bet there's some P- pubes and no pubes,
3: pubes and no pubes. I think I was a kind of a like three pubes on each ball kind of guy. And would you do a few droplets of of semen? I would three, also, yeah, three dashes. I would <laughs> also uh, depict. Um,
4: a glance. I, yeah, I
3: guess it would become come across as a circumcised penis because it would have a thing at the end. I'd do a line at the end and then a a Jap's eye. Right. Oh, that
4: represent that. the the rage of the erection. Uh Yeah, and then
1: I mean out. Uh, how
4: much. That's like seven.
1: Yeah, They're seven. Day, man. Ryan seven. The seven <laughs> liberal arts. <laughs> the oh seven God. pubes the and se- only three shots of ejaculate. There should be seven. There are seven um, emittances during the male <laughs> orgasm. Just trying oh, to fucking who said you? that? <laughs> I just said it. Someone has said that. Yes, on this I have said no
3: it. no. Someone on this podcast.
1: I read it in a book. Did you? Seven yes. <laughs> on average, obviously. <laughs> All right. Okay. Some of us I can do nine. <laughs> Isn't there like
4: uh, like loads of data Pen. in in an ejaculate as well? Like. exo exo bytes or something what are you Uh, in the in the dna coding if you convert it to like bits and bytes it's like more than a terabyte so exo bytes or something fucking huge like the a big amount of data bigger than the biggest hard drive you could think of
3: (laughs) yeah amish ben's been sounding with motherboards
4: (laughs) oh god did we get did we include the the sound in this week no, no, no!
1: i am not no, got it. Either. It was a twelve-year-old boy, wasn't it, in China who put a thermometer up his japsack? Yeah, ooh, and got stuck there forever. Yeah, I didn't want to cut. It was horrible. I was reading it and it was <laughs> making me squirm. So I wasn't. I didn't want to cover it. God, right.
4: the, the so, worst. I, I, re- I just read the headline. I thought, oh, <coughs> if that broke while it was going in, imagine like the um, amount of splintered glass inside your urethra. You'd have to. Sp- don't imagine. Half, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. You'd out. have to, like, hot dog it and... Mm. <laughs> get a teaspoon down the <laughs> channel. Oh.
1: I think this is turning you on, isn't it? Yeah, he's like... <laughs> Just to shoot the juice to me, Bruce. And... Brilliant. <coughs> he's the one who always brings up sounding, isn't he? Sounding
3: yeah. and, like, sp- having your penis surgically split.
4: I think <laughs> you can... Or <laughs> out by a spoon. I'm pretty sure you can get your penis split cosmetically. What the oh, farage? Exactly, right? Would you maintain an Like you t- you can get your tongue split, can't you? And I'm yeah, pretty but... sure you can I don't think you could end up with two two bell ends. As it were.
1: Uh Matt Apocalypse says, Do you know how to tell the difference between an oral and a rectal thermometer? It's the, it's the taste, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> the smell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't know, Matt. How do you know the <laughs> difference between an oral and a rectal thermometer?
4: We're going to wait for the punchline. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, yes, the taste or the smell. The, 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 the smell. The smell. The smell. I, I
1: would, you know, some sort of simple color coding would work better. You know, yeah, mm. maybe one Red. has "rectal" written on it. Ass <laughs> <laughs> <Arse>, mouth. <laughs> oh. Evening, Paul. Paul from what? 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 what the flock. Evening, yeah. gents. Evening, Paul. Thank you for joining us. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: Paul is a a researcher in the realms of esoterica and symbolism and uh, uh, linguistics and how words... Etymology, is it? Yeah, yeah. The 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 study of insects.
4: (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Check out What the Flock uh, YouTube channel. Um, Shall we move on? Was that an advert? We get paid for that,
4: right? (laughs) (laughs) It sounded very much like an advert. Oh, it's yeah, it's
1: fine.
4: Where are we? What would that guy we've just spoken to say?
1: New heights. I'm going to be the world's tallest man. I'm bigger than houses in my village. <laughs> I've seen this one. But people always ask me the same thing.
4: I've never known. How anyone. tall
1: are you? Would you like to see how tall? He's a monster. Shepherd.
4: Boom. ka pow
1: Motorbike included for scale. I, yeah.
4: <laughs> I'd like to see him sat on that motorbike.
1: Would you? Yeah, I would. Oh, well, you might be in luck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nope. <laughs> 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 Uh, Let's uh, hang on, let's let's, uh, get some details before we go through the slides. A giant dubbed the world's tallest man. Nephilim. A Nephilim. A real life Nephilim. I'm 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 putting it out there. Well, let's see. Let's see how tall he is. Maybe he will be (laughs) a Nephilim class. How many cubits? (laughs) How many royal cubits? Mm. What's his volume? Two. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Loud, I would imagine. (laughs) Fucking hell! Like this. I am not <laughs> methanated. I'm very tall. <laughs> uh,
1: a giant dubbed the world's tallest man towers over the houses in his village and even wears shoes made out of tyres.
0: <laughs>
1: That's how big his feet are. Yeah. You're not just gonna go down sports direct, are you? No. If you're as big as that chap. Not in Ghana, no. Suleimana Abdul Samed, twenty-nine, has been growing at an extraordinary rate for years, and at a recent checkup. He was told he had reached a whopping height of boom nine foot two, <laughs> boom five foot eleven, <laughs> boom nine foot six. Oh. Nine six. I think that's Nephilim territory. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, what's uh, how tall's like a big basketball player? Maybe seven and a half foot? S- yeah, seven. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. I yeah. think it
3: gets to a point when it becomes less good, like the ratios become less golden and you can't move as well.
1: Right, and there's uh, questions of longevity as well. It's- I think, yeah, but this is a specific... Well, <laughs> because- <laughs> Pituitary issues. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm sure it is. In fact, I'm sure the article goes into that. Uh, anyway, uh, the rural clinic in Ghana couldn't be sure of his true height as they didn't have the correct measuring tools. Yeah. Wow. All they need,
3: man, is from the elbow to the... Something
4: <laughs> for the
1: qubit. Yeah, man is the measure of all. Elbow to the uh, index. Index for a qubit, isn't it? And yeah. is it elbow to the middle finger for a roll qubit? Or am I am I just making shit Well,
3: that looks very much like
1: finger guns. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 that looks very much like one in the pink.
4: Oh. And one down the chap eye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> one in the pink two in oh, the stink one in that, the jab eye is, like is that what it is that looks like a gang sign
4: I meant the meatus I didn't mean jab sorry. obviously that's offensive
1: oh right okay
4: is it I don't know probably I
1: thought that was an actual word someone had to tell me that that was uh, a slang term no it's the meatus mia- I thought it was an actual word word spelt J-A-P-S-Y-E oh right really well that's what I thought yeah
4: All well, right, no.
1: maybe no. I'm wrong Maybe. most I'm wrong. likely I'm wrong I'm generally <laughs> wrong uh, yeah, they didn't have the <clears throat> correct measuring tools. So, a tape measure, I guess. Or a piece of string.
4: Couldn't they, like, put him in the sun and see how long the shadow was?
1: Archimedes, <laughs> oh, that's that's time, that shit. That's
4: time. Yeah, Archimedes. Yeah, put him in a bath. Mm. You get his volume, then, wouldn't you?
1: Right, you would. Uh, <laughs> like he's going to fit in a bath. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You have to make oh, A bath. lake. <laughs> <laughs> put him in the sink. <laughs> estimates of his height have range from six feet to more than nine feet oh what so that's the top end estimate isn't it <laughs> well it's like going back to these guys if he's nine foot six are they fucking basketball players or what man how tall are they that's what i'm that's what i'm getting at i mean his head can't be more than a foot long it looks like i mean those guys have got to be seven and a half foot tall if he's nine foot six no, I reckon
3: the guy in the red might be sick. They might, he might be stood on boxes as well. That's the other thing.
1: Right, good guy. point. Yeah, because otherwise it'd oh. be.
3: It might look a little bit like he. They'd be at crotch
4: level. I think he might be stood in a hole. Yeah, that's the other thing. That <laughs> a, would be a pothole. That, that, that would be a, a pothole with a, a, in a, a in penis hand drawn around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Right, um, he's still growing. His genetic condition, My Fan Syndrome, comes with health issues, but nonetheless has made him a celebrity in his home country. Diagnosed with gigantism a few years ago, elderly people say hello, children wave, and women come up for hugs from the friendly giant. Oh. Well, that's nice, isn't it? It's got a
3: happy ending.
1: And strangers approach Slamana and ask to take selfies with him. He told the BBC, I will usually say... Sorry, he told the BBC, I will usually say yes. Yuck. Come closer. We can stand and take nice pictures. Suleyman has not stopped growing his entire life. Even his shoes have to be custom made out of car tires by a local handyman in his village of Gambaga. He first noticed the abnormal growth when he was 22 and his tongue had expanded so he couldn't breathe. Oh, shit. Everything
4: grows. Gene Simmons.
1: (laughs) As the days went on, the rest of his body began growing too and hasn't stopped. When friends and family visited Accra, where he was living at the time, they would all comment on his massive growth spurt. And he soon realised he was turning into a giant, towering over everyone with abnormally long limbs. Dots have told him he needs brain surgery to stop the rapid growth and help improve his health conditions, such as his curved spine. <clears throat> God, it's getting a bit dark now, isn't it? His deteriorating health eventually forced him to return to his home village and give up the dreams of becoming a driver. He now lives with his brother and earns a living by running a small business selling mobile phone credits. Um, yeah.
4: Do you think people living on the moon eventually will be taller than than earthlings, us mere earthlings, living in uh, Elon Musk's moon palace? Because <laughs> maybe he could he could go up there and he'd be be a lot better because the gravity would be better on his on his spine. Would it? I I assume so. Because there's a lower gravity. You'd you think you'd... Maybe that's wormholes.
3: <laughs> well, no. Like in... they build a bigger rocket for him, won't they? Apparently. The... put him in
4: the middle. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there's something to do when you go into space. You you, you get um, muscle and bone density wastage. And they seem to think it's to do with um, well gravity. But, you know, when you walk, uh, the impact or something it stimulates bone growth so that's why they make people run on treadmills strapped down
1: oh. space station space is fake and game so, i was just about to say <laughs> but it's all so fake anyway i've seen those videos at space station with <laughs> green screen jesus christ man <laughs>
4: yeah Genius. the moon has some gravity it's just less so you yeah but even so moon i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the moon's not even real penny fucking light in the sky man <laughs> what, his what was... head's gonna touch the firmament if he grows any <laughs> what
1: do you think it? i know <laughs> Every ten days in space, your skeleton ages one year. Holy shit!
4: That's the kind of fact you read on like a ice cream
1: lolly stick, <laughs> <laughs> the back of a small cereal box, one of those little mm. multi pack fun pack. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. Fun yeah. pack. Do they still do those?
1: Oh yes, I've got some. There
4: was always like some that you didn't like. Well, I, I didn't
1: like. What did you not like? Let me guess. There was the pla- the well, plainest ones.
4: No, the like Cheerios or some weird shit like that. No, I quite like it. i, I think the. If we had did, it, did either of
1: you two used to eat sugar puffs?
4: No, I well, <clears throat> I didn't like them as much as I like
1: rice coals. Phil Filth, absolute filth sugar puffs. They're disgusting. How they? is that a breakfast cereal, man? <laughs> There's some other honey Monster, that's why, on the TV. Oh yeah. I mean it tastes like shit. I mean it's obviously not a breakfast, is it? and People give did it you, to the kids. Did you used to eat them? No, no. I used to like tell you what I used to like, start starch just a starch? bowl of starch <laughs> i
3: can't remember the name but you have to say what was in
1: it it was like a, it was like a tripod, <laughs> a tripod yeah and um, what's the symbol from led zeppelin <laughs>
4: yeah the john paul jones yeah
1: yeah what's that sort of symbol like three three circles three segments right and what was in it though Oh, just sort of sweepings sweep from the factory rain, floor. Yeah. <laughs> the <chaff. Sword> <laughs> it was marketed as a sporty thing. That's why it's called start. You were starting mm. the race, and it would, you know, be endorsed by John Barnes or uh, Sebco or mm. uh, Black. What was he? John, not Jonathan Black. The uh, uh, Roger Black. Roger Black. Yeah, someone like oh,
3: Roger that. Black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, that was uh, my favourite. Yeah, I it was the the obviously, uh, you know. Dreams of becoming a top-class athlete at that <laughs> age. But did he
4: still have, like, um, the Snap, Crackle and Pop guys? And the, yeah. The, the oh, the, three, the little three demons? Coco Pop, Coco <laughs> Pops. <thing. laughs> the demons. I've not seen them for ages, but then maybe they're only on kids' TV. To, that's where they advertise the
1: kids' yeah. cereal, I guess. And, uh, like, that was another thing I wanted to get in with Jahan because kids don't watch TV, really. Anymore. It's more YouTube and gaming. Mm. Yeah. And I imagine that the effects are similar. Yeah. But, you know, we ran out of time. Shall we move on from breakfast cereals? Mm. Yes. I think there's only one more. Breakfast cereal. Headline. Hot and heavy. (laughs) Britain's sexiest accents ranked, and there's a new number one. How desirable (laughs) is yours? Right. What is the sexiest... uh, Accent in the UK. Go. brummy, okay. brummy.
3: I know, so I don't... Oh, you've read it. Uh, Sorry, really? I did my research, yeah.
1: Richard on the chat says, ah, Stark st- was advertised by Steve, Steve Cram. Cram. <laughs> so, I mean, Steve Cram, Roger Black, essentially the same, same, the same evil <laughs> twins, aren't they? Yeah. Interchangeable.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Britain's sexiest accent have been revealed in a new survey, but where do you rank? Top of the crop was the Mancunian accent, oh, with over no. 50% of Brits saying it no, got no them fan. hot under the collar. <laughs> <That's> Fam- <not laughs> famous faces Talking from Ringo Manchester.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: famous faces from Manchester include Oasis, Rockers, Liam and Noel Gallagher. Two-time heavyweight boxing champ Tyson Fury also hails from the Northern Powerhouse.
0: <laughs>
1: the Irish came in a lucky second place, pushing Liverpool's Scouse accent into the third... While Landon's lilt came in fourth. Ooh. Just ahead of the Welsh in fifth, the mirror <laughs> reported. Oh, Internationally, it was the Italians and French who were deemed the most sensual accents. Italian and French. ho Ha! ho ho The same could not be said for the Germans, <laughs> the Americans, and the Aussie accents. They were deemed the least sexiest by a pool of two and a half thousand people in the UK. Uh, The study commissioned by Best Casino. I wonder why Best Casino would commission a study on the sexiest accents. Which accents are going to use in our advertisements? Exactly, yes. In this particular country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why they would... Well, it's like 95% of science is is funded for these reasons. Mm. Uh, Also found 95% of Brits... oh, Oh, hang on. Put my teeth back in. A study commissioned by Best Casino also found 95% of Brits. There's a word missing there. Poor pure, pure copy, I'm sorry. Metro, wherever this was from. Um, 95% of Brits think an accent is important in a potential partner. Did it ever cross your mind? Your mind? No.
3: No, but they've got the same accents as us. Well, maybe. So
1: your missus has. Yeah. I wouldn't say yours or mine does. No. My missus's oh. got like a proper mongrel accent. <laughs> really? Yeah. She sounds like you. Only when she's angry. <laughs> she only goes northern when she's angry. Oh right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Are you, you gonna mount, mount that, that fucking, fucking TV <laughs> or what? <laughs> Your missus has a bit
4: of a scouse, twang. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. She is, she's from over the water.
1: The whirl. <coughs> yeah,
4: you know, real squirrel.
1: The whirl? The whirl. Yeah. We aside Jack. What's is, that? Is, we it, is it like Jack the Ripper? Oh, uh, a spring Jack. Yeah. Do you have a favorite accent in a in a potential mate? Other than my wife's, well, that goes without <laughs> saying, obviously. I quite like a Scottish accent in a lady, yeah, yeah. Edith Bowman.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's got like a what would be like a softer Edinburgh accent. Yeah, I would say so. I prefer it like a fucking hard. <laughs> Like a harder Glasgow accent. Okay. And a woman. You just like being beaten and put down, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. 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 Tread on me, daddy, mummy. How <laughs> 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 about you, Ben? Have you any. Uh, you, what,
4: I don't know. I, uh, I thought Brummy was going to come out top. Quite like a Brummy accent.
3: I, was, I always thought I didn't have an accent until I went to university and everyone started going bar, car.
1: Stuff like that, I mean huh? water. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, that's where most people lose their accents. Uh university
3: made? Yeah. And that's, that's why you. I say I can't even
1: say it without saying bar, farm, <laughs> poor. We well, you might want to retain your accent. Around 51% of women say an accent is extremely important. Right.
4: Well, it's not used to us. <laughs> no. Oh, fuck.
1: A lot of people born in the eighties don't have strong accents. You have Thatcher to thank for that. Why? What <laughs> <laughs> is looking Thatchering? It. Is
4: it something to do with the milk?
1: Free <laughs> <Every> school milk <laughs> gives you an accent. Yeah, that's where it comes from. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Answers on a postcard. Oh. Well, I think we might get an answer
3: from regular listener Matt Apocalypse. <clears throat> what thatcher did to uh, curtail the accents is it something to do with smashing the unions destroying the coal mines and communities essentially so everybody dissipated into large cities rather than staying within their own community yeah that's um a tenuous link <laughs> Ever i've heard one i've i've heard the oh, look three look just oh right okay thank you for saying hi uh we were taught to pronounce letter and vowel sounds. Oh, in the eighties by Thatcher. I do remember having a little do you remember this mm-hmm. at school? You went to school with me, uh Amishville. Um I know at the beginning, this is something I've been meaning to bring up, going in a segue. Why do we why do we not say Amish anymore? I just uh, dropped it. Wow, okay. Not even consulted anyway. So well no just uh, been the <laughs> <laughs> i'm not stopping you from saying it well you know you know i'm not gonna be not part of the crowd so um <laughs> uh do you remember having a book in school in like reception or something and no. you put and you put like letters into it to make words and you kind of slid into it it was like it just opened like a book but it only had it and it had like little things and you slid them in slides Remember that kind of. I'm just wondering. I think that probably was letter and vowel sounds. Rather than what? What would be the alternative?
4: Are you talking about phonics, or did that Mm. come afterwards? I don't know. That's why I'm asking, Matt Apocalypse.
1: Yeah, I I think your accents determined by the relationships you have, probably by like your family and your friends and who you communicate with. That's why when you go to university and you leave you. You know that life away, and you go into a complete melting pot with people from all over the country. It's going to fade slightly because you, mm. you know, it's just I think it's natural.
3: Well, apparently there are people differ in this. In that some people do what your missus does and you get a an amalgam of all different kinds of accents, a way of saying things. Or some people adopt the new accent, and then other people's accents, original accents, get stronger. Right. That's what I've heard.
1: Could be. All right. On that note,
3: housekeeping.
1: Some housekeeping. Housekeeping. It's a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. Uh, a myriad of ways of doing this and my favorite as ever is word of mouth sharing links and uh, mm. letting people know about the show and helping us grow and get more uh followers more support that yeah. sort of thing spread the word so we can be sustainable and grow and get more guests and mm. keep going suckle from the teeth. Yeah, <clears throat> and someone
3: was asking just before um is there an alternative
1: to discord Yeah. What is it? <laughs> it's called Element.
4: Oh, what, Element, that's it.
1: Yes, so uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes starting this episode. So uh, this like I think there's like 10 people in there at the moment. Mm. We've just been seeing if it works, and it seems to work fine. absolutely fine.
3: It's a bit, uh, you've got to get it going, and then once you get it going...
1: Yeah, I mean it's slightly different, and it's it's sort of labelled differently and stuff. You know, it's not going to be exactly the same. Yeah, but it fulfills. Things
4: work in the same way anyway. I mean, there's multiple apps that you can use to access this, as well, not just Element. There's fuzzy chats as well. You can join the, the, server or whatever it is. What's that? Um, Different apps to use with different functionality to um to access the the server that we've got with the the rooms in.
1: All right. Well, you don't even need an app. You can uh, oh, no, no, You can. You use, can join yeah. the element just off a browser.
4: Yeah,
1: web browser. I'm going it yeah. that way. So if you're concerned about downloading another app, you don't have to, but I think it works better probably. Yeah. As things think, generally do. Yeah. So we've got the usual threads in there for uh, producer Intel, haven't we? Mm. Videos, news articles you can send us, uh, <clears throat> guest requests, not guest requests, guest suggestions. Show artwork
4: in there as well. Show
1: artwork. We Boom. got one. Got one today from Lee. Mm-hmm. Show artwork for episode 264. Here it is, incoming. That one's from Lee.
4: It's reminiscent of the film version of 1984.
1: It is, isn't it? Yes. Take Back Control, Jahan Sator. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. I like that one. I, I not one up as well.
3: Who is that man you've put
1: on there? <laughs> it's Jahan Sator. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Lee. Yeah, I think Lee's is the best. Yeah, yeah, we will use Lee's. I mean, sneaky
4: Family Guy advert. Uh, <laughs> third one down. You can only see the UI. I assume it's for Family Guy, because I'm conditioned to think that this is... you <laughs> program programmed, haven't you?
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of show artwork and Lee, uh, this might be a good... Time to announce the winner of the Armist Inquisition Artwork Contest for 2022. Oh, You've got, oh, right, okay. you got a drum uh, roll, Pad. No. I haven't. No. Oh, well. What have I got? Limp <laughs> city. That'll do. No, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh,
4: that was a bit weird. I went
1: through the year of episodes and tallied up who, which artist had had the most pieces of artwork selected. Was it year.
4: Dr. Ivor
1: McTain? <laughs> <laughs> it was not diver- Dr. Ivor <coughs> <laughs> I think he got one piece of <laughs> it was Sherlock a good one. one though right in fact that might have been the year before <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah it probably was
1: um and it was a close call and the winner of last year's the artist of the year by eight pieces of art oh. to seven oh. <laughs> ooh. um was lee wow. the big conspire big well, conspire well podcast so thanks lee thanks for all your work over the last 12 months yeah mm. prizes in the post and uh special consideration to Nut. Yeah, mm. close cl- second. Close second with seven successful pieces of art. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, please send us your artwork. If you join the Element server, you will get a pre-warning of who the guest is going to be the next show. And so you can generate some artwork and post it to us there in the Element server or, or to thearmistinquisition at gmail.com, the email, and we'll use it. Mm. Yeah. Any, uh, yeah, We will. Any yeah, other ways to become a producer? focus chi
4: requests, although there's none this week as we determined earlier on how's that work <clears throat> so if you've got a uh, an issue you feel like your chi is depleted you can ask us uh, grand masters of chi focusing with our years of of experience we all had to go off a mountain and talk to a bearded man um, uh, to focus our additional chi that's overflowing in your direction for your given aim and uh and hopefully help you on that journey to uh to success and
1: health yeah it's 99.9 <laughs> percent oh wow we had a f-
4: have we had a
1: we had a, f- a chi failure yeah that's not at <laughs> our end that must be at their end. <laughs> there was a receptor receptacle issue <laughs>
4: yeah yeah mm. yeah problem in chair not in computer I can't believe you're blaming helen for for a chi receptacle oh, being helen. blocked I don't know, yeah. Maybe I just
3: aim for the prostate and it... Unfortunately. <laughs>
0: yeah, Helen doesn't have one. No.
3: That was it, it rebounded off the vulva or something.
4: God, why? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let's not think of Helen in those terms. some like.
4: random guy waiting at a bus
3: stop somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> what was that?
3: Maybe when
1: she was driving past... Boom. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's the test invigilator. Yeah. D- right. A dose of chi up the rectum halfway yeah. through the test. Maybe
3: yep. he mistook that for a misjudgment of changing gears. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, don't say that, because that means we made her fail. A well, butterfly flaps we? his wings and <laughs> yeah. all that
4: jazz. Mm. Some... 0.01% is going to cause some big shit in 2023. So, uh, yeah, if your cheese is depleted... We Let's can focus know. our cheese in your mm. general direction.
1: I don't know if I'll have time before this goes out, but uh, I'm working on the uh, newsletter. So there oh, yeah. may or may not be a link to subscribe. Subscribe to the, the newsletter, the Rumspringer newsletter.
4: Oh, very nice.
1: But, um, yeah, it's a work in progress. I've only had time today to even look at it. And it's, it turns out it's more complicated than I thought it would be. <laughs> Set up a newsletter and an email subscribe button and stuff, so...
4: We're going to archive it in a, in like a blog format as well, so people can go. Or oh, do you? Ooh.
1: We'll we'll discuss that. I don't on, know. At the age
4: game,
1: <laughs> I've not got that far. I had some ideas over Christmas. If I had an idea for things that we could put on the newsletter, I did. I made a note on my uh, <clears throat> my notes out. Let's see what I've got. And I've not looked into how practical these things are to um, put in a newsletter. And in fact, it looks like I might have deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where it's gone.
4: Rumspringer, Goat," though—that's I like that. Mm.
1: Yeah, the title.
4: You're going to give it a masthead in, in like
1: te- gothic font, out of paper. I've not got that far. It, it, it'll the first one will be in the beginning of February.
4: Hey, right, Ace, I but, like
1: that. I thought you could. We could. I was thinking like you could probably do discount codes for the merch store. Yeah. Um. You'll probably get a month's preview of who's booked to come in, on the guests. So beginning of February, you get the list of the guests for February. Um, I was going to probably do a a book review each month. Put that on the newsletter. Different things like that. I'm still. I did have a list. I've lost it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah. So. Have a look in the show notes. It might be there, but it might not. Surprise. You've got to remember to like and uh, subscribe to all of our
3: various um, video platforms. Socials. YouTube. It's good for the Algos. It is good for the Algo. The
1: Algor. So we're on Odyssey. Are we on Odyssey? Uh, Odyssey.
0: I
3: haven't
1: haven't updated Odyssey for months. Rumble? Rumble is up to date. Um, BitChute is up to date. And BitChute.
3: Yeah. Leave us a review. That's also good for the for the algo. Oh yeah, yeah. we don't get enough.
1: We yeah, you can not. give us a, a review on your podcast platform of choice, or if you're on Spotify, there's the star rating thing you can do now. You can give us smash a smash star the
3: stars on Spotify. Yeah,
1: yeah. Another thing I thought about doing was maybe highlighting a few comments if we get decent comments on the videos and on the podcast. Oh, so, there's loads yeah, on Odyssey. Good. Yeah, good. Oh, well, I've got this one. Uh, this is from YouTube, and it's from <coughs> De Usi? I think it's called. Here it comes in now love the podcast you guys are such a vibe wow yeah we are the boozy i praise mm. yeah i don't know what that means is that millennial talk vibe it's yeah, like a, we be vibing enjoying vibrating
4: i think so well we are
3: technically aren't we well maybe our uh you know by vibing with one another um, we're matching our brainwave states. I think we're reading too much into it. Can <laughs> we vibrate at the same frequency when we're doing this? All right. Ooh. I think mean, that's the vicious. dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. Vibrating. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I might do if I can be bothered? <laughs> what? Which is Give us very, a <laughs> very unlikely. Take your Christmas decorations down. Did that. Oh, New Year's Day. Um, New Year's Day, savage. So early, yeah, I might. Look on a website. (laughs) Fucking
1: Cromwell (laughs) here.
3: Holy
0: shit. (laughs) Mm.
3: (laughs) Roundhead. Um, So I'm going to clip or look for a website that's got clips of Jason and the Argonauts.
4: Oh, that was on. Did you watch it? The other one was on as well. um, Clash Clash of of the Titans. Titans.
3: Every single line has got something in it that's ridiculous.
1: Jason and the Argonauts. (laughs) Oh, Wow. Give me some timestamps. What yeah. platform is it on? Where <laughs> can you watch it? On video or oh, data
4: Archive.org. It. Surely it's out of out of copyright now.
1: It's not 120 <laughs> years of... <laughs>
4: <laughs> It was ancient Greece, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: got another 60 years, I think, and it
1: All the right. film. It'll be there somewhere. Um Oh, quick PSA. Uh, Previous guest, Dan Stevens. Hmm. History is fucking bullshit.
4: Well, yeah. Anything before 1975.
1: (laughs) 1795? 1730. Okay. I can't remember. (laughs) Uh, He's doing a talk, and it's next Sunday, the 15th of January, in uh, Harlow Village Hall. Right. So if you're somewhere down there, is it southeast Harlow? Sounds like it. Checks in the post, I guess, Dan, because that yeah. sounds also like another advert. No, it's value for value. I don't I don't care. I, I don't care. I'll look after out. the checks. Let's. <laughs> well, if you're at a loose end next Sunday, uh, it's, oh, what was the time? Half one till half five. It's uh, Harlow Village Hall. Harlow? Is that in the Harlow. London town? Sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know.
4: Maybe you Harlow. want to check it out. I'm
1: guessing there's other speakers, unless Dan's going to go for four hours, <clears> and he's definitely capable of that. Yeah, I think he could. But uh, I'm guessing there's maybe three three speakers or four speakers talking, so. Mm. Uh, yep, yeah, check that out next weekend if you're at Loose End. Um, any other ways to become a producer? Drop your eavesdropping ways and become a producer of the Armist Inquisition and support us in our value-for-value value odyssey.
4: Send us a check. <laughs> Toss
1: a coin. Toss a coin.
0: Toss a coin to the witcher.
1: Do it for the lads. 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 You know, because... Oh, we're northern and we're bloody miserable and the weather's fucking shit. If you go to the com, there's a PayPal button there. Give us a one-off donation, sign up for a monthly recurring sustaining donation and uh, help us keep the lights on and the heat on, more importantly. Mm. Although it, it, at least it's not as cold as it has been No, in yes. uh, December. It's early... been lovely and temperate. Right. Early December was grim, wasn't it? Mm. In here. Mm. <laughs> it was fucking cold. Mm. Gross. So, yeah, uh, we appreciate your monetary support. Yeah, we do. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Is there uh Is it time to thank them then, the producers? May as well. Mm. It's time to big up the Man Dems, yo. If we've got uh, producers for episode 264, we have Rona Kesson, Nicholas, Ben, Matthew Chin. Not you, Ben. No. <laughs> I think Ben is Bunyanut. Ben, a.k.a. Bunyanut. No, is he not the other guy? <laughs> Fuck me, I don't know. Matching Helen and Lee from The Big Conspire. Thank you. So amazing. They are. They are. Yeah.
0: So amazing in there. We buy any love. car. <laughs> we
4: buy any car. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Literally. The best mate. You, you are extremely cool, guys.
0: I'm literally a communist.
5: The dwarf, the carrots, the grape, the homophobe. the wind. the base, the sigma chat, the corn pop, the number eleven, the blind man, the big the cripple, and the mother. I'm invigorated
0: from hell. <laughs> <laughs> are you retarded? I don't get it. I never will.
1: Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for your help. Sun is a deadly
4: laser. Wow.
1: That was a flashback, wasn't it? Look at that for a time, have you? Amazing.
3: No. Sun is a deadly laser. I think I pressed that one
1: on the uh, barn. You you reminded me. Uh, Matt from uh, the Apocalypse YouTube channel says, will you celebrate 1,000 subs when the time comes?
4: I mean, if we're still doing it in 2027. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs)
3: Presumptuous. (laughs) (laughs) I just had a quick look then. So nine two two.
0: Ooh, I uh,
3: yeah it's not a thousand no but it's nope. it's it's certainly more than it has
4: been yeah, and 22 minutes past nine is nearly 10 o'clock that means. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we've only got 40 subs to go right <coughs> so that's how numbers work
3: oh right okay <sighs> he some... was making a joke with maths <laughs> yeah
1: are oh, you retarded <laughs> <laughs> I wish
3: <laughs> dead air. Terrible. You Push are a functionally retarded.
1: <laughs> I don't know. The YouTube thing is sort of ancillary, really. The podcast is the main thing. Uh, the good thing about you, the thing with YouTube is it's um, it's the second biggest search engine. Mm. So it's uh, a way of people behind the have... like us. <laughs> Yeah, a Jeeves. That's, That's Jeeves. Yeah. Okay, yeah, come on, man. Bing. Bing. It's Nineteen
0: ninety-five.
1: <laughs> yeah. So i uh, lost my train of thought. <laughs> Obviously.
4: Should we have a wikipedia
1: page is is that why,
4: why no have, know? You know, have you never read the um, draw,
3: wikipedia page no what's
4: it say nothing oh we can't write our own can we i don't know how it works
3: you have to be a, an accredited writer uh, john dr john, <laughs> john
1: campbell can't write his own he can't even edit it has he been uh... no 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 all right no he's still going Mate. but he does have a rumble channel as a backup yeah yeah I want an IMDB page yeah you can we come home as well I think you have to pay for it
4: no I'm out <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear why am I uh, holding this piece of paper it's got words on it it's got words on it yeah should we uh, move on quick it's, uh, it's 20 past 10 oh yeah, yeah. But, um, got a potential new line of work for you Matt Mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, No Agenda, not last episode, the episode before, and uh, they were talking about something. I thought you might find this interesting. <laughs> I, I came
5: across an article that I thought you would like because you know you're always about the the Gen Z, what they what they are afraid to do. What, what what are the things that they that they have real trouble with? Uh, uh, saying to someone, "Hey, don't cut in line." Uh, they can't oh, sell anything confrontational. Okay. So there's apparently a consultant who charges $480 an hour, which Too is, high. which is no, I think it should be, this should be a round number, but okay. 480 an hour to help Gen Z staff over their, f- overcome their fear of microaggressions, uh, which is when they have to answer the phone. They are afraid to answer the phone because they don't know what the person is going to say. They're afraid. They're not prepared. And she is trying to help them answer the phone in their corporation. I don't see a go at that. Sign me up. They
4: don't, they don't use phones, though, do they, in the way that we used to use phones? No one talks to each other on a no, mobile phone. No, that's the other anymore. thing, isn't it? It's always texting, so you never yeah. actually...
1: Yeah, this is where the insecurity comes from. Yeah.
3: Well, that's the the thing. But the other thing as well is you could say that that would be a symptom of social anxiety. Now, Mm -hmm. when social anxiety was first coined, maybe, I seem to remember it becoming a bit prevalent around like 25, 20 years ago. Um, People oh, well, just being shy, just being shy. But again, it's always on uh, a spectrum, really. So, Why don't you set yourself up? Just 40 quid. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I would. I would. I quite happily help someone come over their fears of microaggressions for $480 a hour.
1: Do it.
4: Can you live on 400 quid
3: an hour? Uh, just about. There's was was only
4: about an hour's work a month, though, doing actually.
3: There was a guy who wrote an article in The Guardian, and he was charging $600 an hour as what? a as a CBT therapist, working with hyper... Glycemic? Hyper-rich... <laughs> Clients. Oh, All right. So he worked on Wall Street originally himself, and then he he started this walking therapy. It so he, he sounds quite good, actually. I had to start doing it. Um, And he walks around with people, and then eventually he got one
4: <coughs> billionaire client, and he's gotten loads and loads. The loads key's of The key is networking. You, you, like you say, he started in Wall Street, so he's going to be around those people. <laughs> he's going to get yeah. to know them. He's going to add them on his LinkedIn or whatever. That's basically it. And it? That, that's yeah. all you need. Mm all okay. you
1: need i know, I know someone who uh, was a nurse and her colleague was uh doing uh a nurse colleague was doing botox on the side, on the side. and she yeah a lot of them do mm. a lot of nurses do it on the side and once you get in with one wag yeah you get into the network then and then you, mm-hmm.
4: you know then you're on the picket line asking for nineteen percent <laughs> the next day
1: either worth it i, I agree Carry on. Oh, something else. Mm. Nothing more to say on that. But have you heard about Jordan Peterson this week? What's he done now? He died. He um, he's been threatened with revocation of his license to practice. Really, by who? by what? the the body in uh, Ontario. or of, Well, who is it? That, what is the body? I mean, just, some say? organization of Canadian organization of psychiatrists, psychiatrists or whatever. Well, the, you, the the. the He needs to come in and do um, retraining in social media. Social media retraining. Wow. Uh, He has to pay for it. I don't think he probably needs to be
3: accredited now, to be honest with you.
1: Well, obviously, yeah, he's he's too big to fail now, isn't it? He's a best-selling author. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they're going to take his licence away. Wow. That's a bit weird, isn't it? So what does that say for, you know, the psychotherapists, psychologists, CBT practitioners who maybe aren't best selling authors? Yeah, exactly. You've got to You're screwed, uh, aren't you? If you someone
3: highlights something about you, then yeah, basically. Yeah. But the other thing as well is that you to practice like psychotherapy, you don't have to be accredited. Um the idea is is that you you go through one of these bodies. So like in the UK for for CBT therapists it's like the BABCP, and they are supposed to check that you're doing certain things. And, and then there's accountability if someone reports you potentially breaching one of the guidelines.
1: I mean, the thing is, you say you don't have to be, but it'll change, it'll be different in different um, <coughs> yeah, ger- jurisdictions. Yeah. The NHS isn't going to pay for you to go and talk to Bob down the road at 40 pounds an hour. Uh, in America, insurance companies no, will yeah, stipulate especially. that you have to use a registered yeah, probably, electrician yeah. or psychotherapist. This is how it works. It's the yeah. bureaucracy. Yeah, it's exactly like when you ding your job.
4: car, you have to take it to a, an approved. The one mm, they want you to. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's a fortune. Yeah, the regulation pays, you know. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. it looks like he's going to lose his practice. But I don't think he was practicing anymore anyway. I but yeah, I don't. I don't know. He doesn't really mention it much, does he? It just highlights the point that. Mm. you know he's lucky he's he's reached escape velocity Where yeah. he's got fucking money he's untouchable yeah whereas uh the most of you know these professors in colleges they or can't uh, yeah express what they truly think professionals no you've got a censor themselves or go for re- <laughs> re-education have to go to a struggle session <laughs> with the canadian board of uh, whatever fuck for social media retraining it's just
3: it's frightening it's interesting frightening and interesting isn't it about you know the reach um of it all i wonder who we someone must have had reported him in order to for them to do something
1: about it so what i what i heard i don't know if this is true there was 12 complaints none of them were ex-clients and they're all from the us (laughs) okay but that might be bullshit don't take my word for it do your own research Mm. yeah they wouldn't have said where it come from well we can't talk about individual cases that's the always the line that is rolled out. Yeah, in in matters like this, we don't talk about individual cases. We we're not unaccountable, Basically, I remember him, I remember watching something about him, and he
3: said he was once, um, what did he say? Like accused of misconduct in a therapy session with a, a particular client.
5: I was accused, eh?
3: <laughs> yeah, and they said
5: of uh, misconduct, and said
3: oh, that terrible. Was like, Much better last week. That he was like coming on to this woman or something.
5: And uh,
3: what what?
1: I I was coming on to her, was I?
3: And one Really? And the evidence was that he was playing with Well Bocko! That's Mickey Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's pretty much Kermit. If you can do Kermit, you can do Jordan Peterson. He was playing with his wedding ring, apparently. That was the the evidence.
4: Oh my god. And that was acceptable.
3: Well, it
1: got brought before a tribunal and I assume it was quashed. Should have been
4: paying attention. Mm.
1: Right, let's move on. Let's move on to Thor the Wanking Walrus.
4: Ugh, finally. You're not heard about it. Scarborough? Was it Scar- I think it
1: was Scarborough. And you know? then he, it yeah, he
4: moved, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I once the, once feel the feel fair is finished.
4: Yeah. Scarborough Fair. Yes.
1: <laughs> Thor the Walrus put on an X-rated show of his own after his arrival put an end to a town's New Year's Eve fireworks display. As huge, gra- As huge crowds gathered to see the Arctic mammal lounging at a harbour, council officials axed the light show so he was not disturbed but parents had to cover their eyes when the two-ton beast appeared to perform a solo sex act on the Slitway on Saturday
0: look at size of his cake
5: <laughs> go on kid <laughs> go on kid <laughs> oh <laughs> good call me on
4: yeez go on
0: boss.
4: <laughs> oh poor guy
0: <laughs>
1: oh, no. what's it yeah, he... he is he is masturbating isn't he yeah he went for like seven hours apparently the hell yeah and then what he needed <laughs> the sting of walruses wow <laughs> and then he had to have a rest and he swam off he swam off on New Year's so... I think he slept slinked sleep, sleep, sleep away on New Year's Eve I think. I've heard about dolphins
3: masturbating and 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 uh, chimpanzees but i never heard of
4: walruses birds do it bees do it even walruses with knees do it do birds do it how do birds do it i don't think birds do it
1: they don't have dicks (laughs) they have dicks (laughs) (laughs) fake news fake news wow the reptiles have dicks
4: yeah yes can't think of anything that doesn't have a dick um Seahorse. Seahorse. <coughs> <laughs> well, it must have some kind of
1: Receptacle. seed depositor. <laughs> I wonder what a duck-billed platypus has, because they're oh, yeah. a weird animal that have sort of a mashup of all sorts of species, aren't they? Yeah,
4: wombats do square poo. One eight. Fake news. Wombats do square <coughs> cube,
1: cubular poo. What do two bats Mike <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Thanks. But it's not right.
4: <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an answer. Yeah.
1: One bats to a square poo. They do a what? cube poo. Right. So is the is the sphincter square?
4: I don't know. There was some. No, it's not. But it's something to do with the square
1: peg and round hole. The way the muscles are. The man that He's goes around make, forming
3: them into cubes <laughs>
1: yeah. just before the scientists come. Oh, the Nephilim Freemason. <laughs> yeah. and that voms into his own hands. Oh, my God, yeah. Also, um, cubes, wombat <laughs> excrement. <laughs> it does. On the side.
5: <laughs> They're the nubs! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe that's how they
4: make the nubs. That yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's all wombat. <laughs> it's wombat yeah. square poos. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Come on, get on the siggy. all
4: well, true. Yeah. Yeah. You hit it here first. And last. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's going for it, having the time of his life, old Thor. No wonder they call him Thor. Fucking Molnir. I'd be Just Thor after out seven there. hours. I <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> hey. hey, caramba. Mm. Oh. I thought we'd get oh. more out of a masquerading walrus. But... <laughs> I think, you know... It- it's, all it's too the, late. It's all in the video, isn't it? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. <coughs> sorry, sorry, uh, podcast listeners. you have to check the video out too. If you want to see Thor in his full glory. Uh, yeah. And whilst you're and checking it out, out, smash the like button. Yeah. Do it. Hammer the like button. <laughs> yeah. Like button if you like. Yeah. Splurge on it. Mm. Um, right. <laughs> um, Joe Biden. Blooper. Got a blooper. Joe mm-hmm. Biden blooper this week. It's always worth a watch, aren't they? Um, where is it? Oh, he's talking about fentanyl. This uh, drug, that problem in the yeah. States coming over the border from Mexico apparently they're shipping it over illegally and uh, it's, it's bad news but good news they're on it
5: for example since August of last year Custom and Border Patrol have seized more than 20,000 pounds of de- deadly fentanyl
1: they've seized 20,000 pounds of deadly fentanyl recently
5: that's enough to kill kill as many as a 1,000 people in this country.
3: Wow. <laughs> it's because everybody's so fucking jacked up on opioids.
5: <laughs> I For example, since August thing. of last year, Custom and Border Patrol have seized more than 20,000 pounds of den- deadly fentanyl. That's enough to kill, kill as many as a 1,000 people in this country.
3: Wow. So 20
1: pounds of fentanyl. Well, no. Obviously, he got fact checked. Okay. No, uh, no. Apparently, someone did the maths. That amount of fentanyl would wipe out four and a half billion people. <laughs> wow, four and a half shit. billion. Yeah. Not a thousand. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You rounded up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh gosh. Twenty thousand pounds. Then how much is being used?
1: Oh, I guess that. Was it over a month? Did he say over a month? For
5: example, since August of last year, Customers border of last patrol year. have seized more than 20,000 so pounds of dim, deadly famine. This, this week. That's enough to kill, so it's August kill as 22. many as a thousand people in this country. So it's over a three year. Three
1: months. It's over a year. August last year. Yeah. Oh, right. So, oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, it was this year, so maybe it is three months. Mm. Fucking hell. I think so he's... called he, 7,000 pounds a month.
3: I think he's... It should be like £2,000, not £20,000. Four and a half billion people. (laughs)
1: Yeah, this is it, you see. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what the numbers are? Yeah. They're not as strong, are they? No.
5: If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to...
4: Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) To be
0: honest,
1: (laughs) I feel like that most days
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> miss world has been back on oh. I'm, I'm, it's time for it i'm finally all <clears throat> oh, right yeah miss world i didn't know it was still a thing no i thought no. it had gone you know when they come out and they do the introductions and they, they come out with the sachet the sash yeah. on the sachet <laughs> the sachet with the <laughs> sash <laughs> sachet of talcum powder mm. and uh, a sash saying what country they're representing
4: yeah and say and, uh, world peace
1: Oh, that's when the, yeah, Do they say uh, the country they're won. from and yeah. then the name and then the sections of the competition, isn't there? Yeah. There is a speaking part where they say what they're about.
4: Yeah, and you ask them what they want. And
1: all. Yeah. Anyway, I've just got this compilation of the introductions where they come out and say what country they're from. I think you might find it entertaining. That's a great one. I mean they, they should all win. Yeah. <laughs> They're British. Virgin Islands. I mean that's straight off a commercial, isn't it?
5: Olivier.
0: They've obviously look,
3: they've been programmed to shout, man, haven't
1: they? Yeah. Costa rica's a belt in our roll yeah. Costa
0: Rica. Nice.
1: That's not even Where? a real country. Where? Curacao. Curacao. That's oh. not a country, is it? Yeah. Never heard of it.
0: Curacao.
1: I, I'm getting serious, Vicky Pollard vibes. I was going to say, then, yeah. She's just not interested, is she? No.
0: Denmark.
1: Damn, Damn. Why
4: am I doing this, Dad? Oh, you put it next to Costa Rica. Rica, Costa
5: the British <laughs> Virgin Islands.
1: <laughs> she's got some spunk, yeah. She's oh. she's there to win, yeah. You can see the arm movement, and she's ripped as well. Tell me. <laughs> What's all that?
4: Well, shoulder movement. Just some, just some, shoulder it's
3: just some, movement,
0: some
1: sachet. F- f- I put that in, in, in an unfortunate place. I? Yeah, that's <laughs> not very flattering for Egypt, is it? T Egypt. Still good. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, well I won't say a certain lopsided uh, condition that people are suffering from at the moment. Mm. <laughs> it's the old Bieber face, that isn't it? <laughs> she had the three dark finish to get on the plane. <laughs> so well. El Salvador! I could do that one. Ben's having to uh, de-steam his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> look how tiny your eyes look on the telly. <laughs> That's how small Ooh. they are, really.
3: Yeah.
4: So P- sunken.
1: Um, Piss holes in the snow.
0: We're I- oh, back go on.
1: on! Sorry. No, I'll have to... What are you going to say, Matt?
3: I think we should do this every week. What
1: the same clip? Just look at pretty women <laughs> shouting country names out. So just because you've you've got rid of TikTok now, yeah, you have to fulfill that itch, yeah, scratch it. Yeah, the best ones come in at the end. In fact, I'll just... no, no spoilers. <laughs> Oh shit! I've
0: gone too far. I've gone
1: too far. Ah!
0: Oh,
3: good.
1: That was supposed to be France. Yeah, no.
3: Wow. Ah, (laughs) I forgot. We got that now clipped. (laughs) She Maybe knows she's what she's
4: done. Farce, and she's making a yeah. political yeah. statement. Is that what it is? I think well, so. Yeah. Okay. The French are famous for
3: their farces, aren't they? Arses. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
4: farce.
1: Farce. It could have been, couldn't it? <laughs> she made a mess of it. Either way, I think. I don't think she's meant to be that. Uh... Well, I for one will let her off. You're embarrassing yourself.
3: I mean, they were all very... Who won? I don't know. Is it even still going? Is it like World's <laughs> Strongest Man?
4: It reminds me of the lovely girls competition from Father Ted.
1: <laughs> <sighs> well, it's time to go. Yeah. Sun's getting low. Yep, we're late. we running. We've run over. As usual. We'll
5: construct a second fab here in Phoenix to build chips, three nano chips. The three nano chip chips and three nano and you know what i'm saying <laughs> nano no no i don't know nanu, nanu, chips nanu, the three nano chips the three nano chip okay right.
4: yeah <laughs> time to go
3: remember to praise Javelin.
4: oh wow not, not for ages
1: have Nor- a good
4: uh, have a good week don't forget <laughs> the
1: elohim the nephilims the Nephilim Freemasons with their uh, wombat turds wombat turds and vomiting yeah. hands vomity hands yeah we'll see you next week yep from the oh. Isle of
4: cars
5: <laughs> <laughs> so it's the <a> two-hander <laughs> Sigma Chad fuck my inner asshole
1: anything to add? No? sign up uh, join the element server yeah, get on the element server oh, yeah, that. yeah. That
3: was good. we lost everyone yeah, rejoin us. We'd
1: built a community and it was destroyed. Yeah. So we've built a new one. Helen, mainly, and Eric. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Have I got a hot one for you? Have I got a hot one for you today? Yes. It's, it's two-hander. So it's a two-hander. Two-hander.
5: Mr. Peter of bone. bit like it.
1: <laughs> I think I would say Thor's was a two-flipper. It was. Yes, it was. What a lad.
4: So, <laughs> he had to
5: Are you not entertained?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Good.
1: Absolutely.
4: Good. And we'll see you um, same time next week. I think it's Epic same. dub.
1: Yeah. More next week. Next week's going to be a humdinger. It's going it? to be good. Yep.
5: Fast! <laughs> 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 I
2: love you. Uh,
1: right. See you next week.
2: Goodbye.
1: Bye. Epic dub. Thank you for watching. And the sea is always right.
5: I like what you got. Good job. take it out. My name is Evan. Dime bar. I don't want you to go, go. You're a lying dog face pony soldier.
0: Cuz I'm literally a cop. Cuz I'm literally a cop. Cuz I'm literally a cop. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over.